Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. <laughs> From the Barrage. That's the spooky intro by uh, Christopher Kazugas. Thank you. Good job, Chris. I yeah. love that. He's got Chris- a very deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's some kind of studio trickery. It scared me. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Live from the Barrage. I'm Joe Buck. and uh, I'm Harold Ramis. <laughs> Harold Ramis and Joe <laughs> Buck. Harold Ramis, rest in peace, sir. And uh, we're getting ready for the Started the uh, game three of the World Series back in Flushing, and we have uh, many other things happening. I'm so nervous, and Ryan could see the stress on my face. I, I look at, I say, look at you, yeah, you're a, a mess. A mess, Dick it is. So Mario's at the game and he's got a sign. So I have a terrible feeling he's going to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he was kidding or not when he said he's not going to be here to be at the game. He's oh no, a he's not ticket kidding. Holder. All right, he's at well, no, game. he's not a season ticket holder. He got a ten game plan. Ah, see, he's like, oh, I'm season ticket. Another. No, he's not. A season ticket since '85. He says it, but he's he's, he's a liar. He only has a ten game plan, and he sold all those probably too. And he's becoming incredibly talented at harassing the box office there. <laughs> well, he, he was going to sue. He gets them on the No, that's that's still uh that's still in in uh that's still happening. <laughs> because the, it was a, a price surge that he wasn't right, something about price gouging. Gouging, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he's when when the Mets gouge him, it's illegal and when he gouges everyone else, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Right. So yeah, he's at the game and he would refuses to take me. Well, it's great he's upset. at the game, Mario. Enjoy it. Bring us home a win. Yeah, we're watching. Here. Don't worry, it's 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 the curse of Mario that's going on here. You you realize what's happening? His uh, greed has cursed the Mets. Yo yo, let's not say that just yet. All right, no, there's no way we don't win tonight. A hundred percent guaranteed in the bag. It's over, Johnny. We're winning tonight. The lady announcing at Penn Station blessed us when she said the next departing train to Shea Stadium. How good is that? Oh, that's nice. She said Shea? Yeah. It's funny. I don't think she meant it. <laughs> you know who else is there? Champagne Jerry. Oh, uh, yeah, CJ? Him. <laughs> CJ? Champagne Jerry, hopefully he'll bring us some luck. Right. There we go. Maybe he'll call in. Maybe he'll call in. I'm very excited that about this great. Mets game. And uh, also, we have a, a couple fantastic guests, I should mention. <laughs> and they have the unfortunate uh, timing of calling in. <laughs> It'll be... During the World Series, so I mean, this interview, uh, these interviews can go either way, basically. Don't worry, guests. I'll I'll take care of you. You just might hear some screaming and yelling uh, in between the questions for Halloween. 
We have uh, Ron Batguy Scheller. Am I pronouncing that right, Brian? I believe so. We'll ask him. I've never met him. And uh, he's uh, in honor of Halloween. He's uh, he's a guy. He removes bats from your belfry. Hmm. Uh, more so. I think he's also a uh, an expert on ever, all things bats. Right. So, so aside from removing him, which is his expertise, he's also, uh, you know, he, he's a specialist. He sent me a crazy picture of someone's attic with like, you know, those how the chimney goes through an attic sometimes? And they're all clinging to the chimneys, like hundreds of them. Right. It's cool. Right. He'll, he'll tell us all the stories. I don't want to let anything out. How do you feel it. about bats, Ryan? I know you don't like spiders, but... I'm fine with them. You're okay with bats? Yeah, it's, uh, I actually kind of like them. Uh, right. We were seeing them a lot last summer when we were up, at the, uh, up on the lake. Up on the lake, yeah. Around, yeah. Kind of sporadic. Yeah, you eat the mosquitoes. I like it. Anything that eats mosquitoes is all right by me. Right. And, and carries rabies. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, also, we have Tracy Wilson. We do. She'll call in later. Tracy's from the band, the band's Dahlia Seed. Uh, ring, ring Finger. Ring Finger, most recently positive no. Yeah, I listen. I kind of missed that band growing up, and I listened to a bunch of that, the, all, all her stuff, and it's really good. I, it, yeah, it was good. At the time, when everyone was doing, you know, hardcore, hardcore, they were doing something pretty different locally. Right. Where it was, uh, not only was her voice different, because she she's a singer, not a screamer, usually, but also she has a, uh, her band was doing some pretty melodic, pretty dissonant stuff, which is really cool. Right. Well, we'll talk to her, and that's exciting. And we'll also, uh, well, our hearts will explode. <laughs> right. As we watch the game. Let's go Mets. That's basically it. I'm here with Ryan and uh, Brian Musikoff. Ryan and Brian. Yep. How are you guys? We're good. We're doing got... real good. We will be joined by Tommy Rockstar in a little while. Of course, he still texts me to tell me he's going to be late. Like, why, why bother? You know what? I mean, tonight you assume it. He's got he's to drive right past City Field. Does he? Yeah. I think so. No, he comes from, from Long Brooklyn. Island. I thought he was going from Brooklyn. That's no, what he, I comes, he goes out to Long Island on Fridays and does something out there with his parents' house or something. Then he comes in. So, yeah, he comes from Albert's Tron. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he still texts me to tell me he's going to be late. Right. I know. You're late of course, for everything. Now he's going to have an excuse, you know, because of the. Like, I'm going to look at my phone and go, oh, man. Can't believe he's going to be late. <laughs> Crazy. We've got great green gobs of greasy, grimy golfer guts, yeah. mutilated monkey meat. <laughs> Little dirty birdie feet. You're a strange man, Ryan. French, it's for Halloween. French yeah, and fried why you send, eyeballs. Did you really have a... I never heard of this mischief night. Tonight's mischief oh, night? absolutely. I used to hate the it growing up called? in Bayside. Every punk in the fucking neighborhood comes out. And I'm talking ages probably 8 to 15. I kind of remember hearing about Come that. out and they're armed with, uh, well, eggs. Yeah, we used to, they used to Wait, do that on uh, Halloween. No, no, no. It was Mischief Night or Devil's Night or as Tracy Wilson calls never it for some it. reason. She calls it Cabbage Night, which I've never heard of. But she's <laughs> she's born and born and bred in New Jersey. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it would come out and you, you would just terrorize the neighborhood. It wasn't trick-or-treating. It was, you know- Yeah, we called you, it bombing. Yeah, you bomb- You had toilet paper Shaving trees. cream, eggs. Cream, yep. Uh, fire extinguishers filled with urine. The occasional nair. Things like Remember that. Nair. Nair. Oh my God. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. nair. And you'd <laughs> announce it too. When he hits right. it, he goes, Nair! <laughs> Why, now I'm bald. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, right. now I'm bald. Oh, my leg hair is going to fall off. That's so scary. <laughs> you used to have a, you used, to, you used to have beautiful locks of hair, and now, now it's all a, gone. I have so, a, we used to do that on Halloween. I have a hardwood head. On Halloween day at night. I don't know about the night before. No, it's called, Never heard of it. Uh, absolutely. It was called Mischief Night You're or Devil's Night. No, I was, you made it up. I was victim to it. You made it up. I have post-traumatic disorder from it. <laughs> <laughs> I got fucked up. <laughs> Nothing scarier than post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, we got the Eggman. So yeah, we used to take the uh, shaving cream. You know, you used to take a needle and melt the cap around the needle to make a uh, a, a long right 
spray and just I long did that string. exact thing. And then you could write your name on a fence with it and stuff, you know? It's great. <laughs> what about sketching, Brian? Have you ever done that? No. but uh, another, what, another great what, neighborhood what, tradition. What, what is ski- Perhaps I have. I never, knew, I never knew it was called sketching. What is sketching? That's when you uh, hang out by a traffic light and then when a car stops and it's snowing and when the car stops, you run up to the bumper and grab onto it. And, oh, he threw oh, right at his head right first his head. pitch. Nice. Sit down. Yeah, come on, Sind. <laughs> and you slide a couple of blocks until you fall down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never did that. But uh, we did uh, it on. Guy uh, yelling F you from the dugout at Syndergaard. Who is that? That's, yeah, that guy. Of, look yeah. how roided up this guy is. He's, I mean, very he's from uh, Queens. Yeah. It's he nice. used to be a Mets ball boy. Right. Oh, did he? Did your brother know him by any chance? I don't know. Ooh. I'll have to ask him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bat boy for the Mets. Devil's night. You know what we called it around here? Judgment night. Mm-hmm. Judgment night. <laughs> <laughs> it was no joke. In Bayside, we grew up in between the rows of houses. There was alleyways that went in back, and you could, if you were caught there, you're dead. Right. Yeah. You didn't want to get caught by the older bully kids with the dead. fire extinguishers, and because they had cars, first of all, which is even scary. Uh, like it was bikes. We're doing drive by uh, drive by eggings and yeah. plaguing L.A. But what? it's it's a real thing. I, Ryan, before I came here today, I asked John, "Is is you know, is mischief night <laughs> a pain in the ass in, on your block?" And he's like, "What? What?" Wow, it says. He struck him struck out. Struck him out. Look at that. Hey, that's bat. it. It's about time. We only have four strikeouts in the last two games, yeah. and this guy gets the first batter. That's it, Thor. You just throw 100 miles an hour right at everybody's head. Yeah, Fuck right. these guys. First pitch every time. Ooh, look at how that, that so. rises nicely. Oh, that's the evil. Beauty. Finally, somebody's got the good stuff, I hope. Knock on wood. Let's go, Mets. Oh my God! <laughs> Are you having fun not. at all with no, this? No, it's not fun. Fun. No, it's sh- not fun being in the World Series at all. No, it's a nightmare. Stress, it's terror. You it's dream stress. Of this and then here you are, and it's a disaster. And it sucks. And it's why the wasn't worst. That a strike? That's why you got to tie on your bottle of patience here? Yeah, I had my first Maker's Mark. Yeah, I'm gonna have forty six, which is delicious. Thanks for bringing that, right? Drink one of those whiskeys. Um, our new sponsor, Maker's Mark, Dave Harrison, will be happy about that. Yeah. I, th- I wonder if Dave got into the game. He, I was saying. about to ask you the same. I think Dave posted something about him going. Oh, yeah? Let, 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 let me. Let yeah, me, look that up. I want to see if he's there. I'll, I'll call him. Maybe he said, I'll get him on the, the air. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a baseball. I game. should make sure the phones are working here. I think they are. 718 577 2716 if you'd like to call in. Thank you very much. 718 577 2716. Thank you. I noticed a friend of the show, Carmine, posted that. Uh, the, on the Mets website, that ticket availability did come up, but once he started clicking on it, it wasn't there anymore. Yes, I was trying all day. I think that happened day. to all of us. No, today. it was there. It was still there. Like, a ticket would come up, and then you could decide how many tickets you want, and then when you hit the button, it would tell you that either there was too much volume or there weren't the tickets available uh, together in that section or whatever. It was just, you know, it was it just did not work for me. And they just randomly, different sections would come up. Like, there'd be $125 standing room, and right. then... Five minutes later, it'd be $975 to sit right behind home plate. There was a $300 field box. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's really good. I was going to say, I'd gladly take that. Yeah, Yeah. Caesars Club or whatever the hell that is. Yeah, 300 bucks, And that was pretty much my ceiling of what I wanted to pay. I don't want to pay the scalpers out of principle. No, it's just not fair. Or uh, Mario, for that matter. Or Mario, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to, you know. And then it was weird. The prices went up for this game. After right. we lost, so the prices of standing room, which were f- about five hundred, were up to seven something today, which is crazy. <laughs> the, uh, and then uh, the Friday uh, tomorrow's game, the prices are way down, like you know three fifty standing room, four hundred. That's a long fly ball to center field. That's deep and uh-huh. it's against the wall. All right, 
It's over. It's going to be a double. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put on the Knicks. <laughs> Zobrist with a stand-up mm-hmm. double. We're not talking about the Mets game. We're not broadcasting the game. That, that would be illegal. Illegal, so of course. We're talking not. about a different game that's happening altogether. So the Rite Aid or the CVS, whatever it is, outside the Long Island Railroad at Penn, is selling Mets T-shirts for 45 bucks. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Maybe it's just today. Wow. Ew, that's, that's insanity. Oh, no. I think Cespedes should have been able to maybe catch up with that. Maybe not. I don't know. God damn playing it. Playing a little shallow for Sobris. Yeah, he is playing shallow. <laughs> <laughs> You're on Mets Talk. You're on Live from the Barrage. We'll be doing this all night. Sorry. And Kazoo got in the chat box asking, how dead is Mario to me right now? He's pretty dead to me. I mean, he's been over here uh, for every game that we haven't gone for every road game. He's been in the garage watching it with me. It's just that he was here last night <clears throat> but what, or the he, night before that. He's dead because he didn't join us. He went to the game. No, because we've been going to the games all season together. Yeah. We went to playoffs all together. Yeah. And then when the World Series come, he fucking he, he cut my uh, rope and just let me drift off into the into the sea. Well, I mean, did he give as it to he, his? Did he, he give it to his kid and his as wife? He stuck, no, he had. Well, yeah, but he has way more tickets than that. Oh, <laughs> come on, Mario, what's up? <laughs> All right, what's Mario, up is uh, greed. Oh no! <laughs> you think the guy's so- up seven grand? You think he sold? Oh, he sold one. Right. Oh, of course, he's, he's got sold a much stuff up now. for four times the price. Come yeah. on, come he, on, man! He cut my rope, and I was in a dinghy, and he took off in the uh, SS Stugatz on full speed to the World Series. Runners at the corners at one out. This yeah. is not good. It's These not guys good. hit the ball. Time to throw at his head again. Man. Yeah. This is not good. This is Come on. this is not fun. Come on. How does he miss that? He little infield roller, Syndergaard he's can't bend tall. over because yeah. he's seven feet tall. Right. Toss that lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show's over. <laughs> well, not until we take our callers. Yeah. So we Maybe get, we should we turn get... the TV off so we can focus on the show, yeah? It's yeah. the World Series. I'm turning the that. World Series off. <laughs> we'll DVR it. You got DVR yet? No. Nope. I'm not allowed. Nope. We lost Colette. She's split. Where's Colette? Oh, oh, maybe she went to order a DVR. <laughs> and a pizza. I doubt it. I do have pizza if you guys want. That's right. Sure, oh, this is you. very exciting for the on. audience. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sweating. Right. It's like 40 uh, degrees out, and I'm sweating. Well, it's hot. It's, it's cozy in here. <clears throat> yeah, the last couple games were a real bummer to watch, especially that first game. I mean, if we won the first game, we, we should have been in that. pretty good shape. We should have had two outs away, and Familia on the mound, it's over. Yeah, yeah. well, Cespedes didn't do anything. Hey, you guys think Cespedes, is there truth to the story that he hurt himself golfing? Well, he golfed that day that he hurt his shoulder. He says it. It wasn't the golf. He does it all the time. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, you don't go play golf when you're in the championship well, of series. Of course not. You know, we, we, we won that game anyway, but, you know, you, you just don't do that. Well, what's he thinking? No. Well, he's his own guy. He's, he's an interesting character. Come on, double play. One. There's one. Two. There's, oh, whoa. Oh. Did he tag, he's trying to tag out Duda. <laughs> guy's on your, on your team. All right, and that brings in a run. <laughs> that brought in a run. Oh, yep. my God. That was a disaster. <laughs> disaster. Boy, it just got so quiet there, didn't it? I can't believe I'm watching the wheels come off <laughs> right before my eyes. What the hell was that? Why are they in each other's way? Oh, no. Stick with us. Let's see. Duda throws the second here. Right. And then he goes back to cover first. And we got the pitcher and Duda going to, the, going to first base. They get there at the same time. And they crash into each other. Meet the Mets, everybody. Wow. Syndergaard <laughs> got the first in like four steps. I'm, right. surpri- I'm surprised he didn't break his leg just to put the cherry on top. That's right. God right damn it. Strike one. 
<clears throat> Hi, everybody. You're listening to Live from the Barrage on Radio Nope. We're going to take a break for two and a half <laughs> right. hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. We should have definitely not had a show <laughs> today. I don't know what to tell you. Wait, wait, we're going to have a great show. We have excellent callers calling in. It's Halloween. I have some Halloween stories. We already, told, we already told the uh, the, uh, the the mischief night story. Tracy calls it cabbage night. We'll find out what the story with that yeah, is. Yeah, I definitely want to ask her about that. And we got the bat guy. We got the bat guy. Right and there. if you would like to call in, the number is 718 718- Five seven seven, twenty seven sixteen, and we'll talk uh, baseball on Halloween. What's your Halloween story, Brian? Uh well, I was going to tell the story about Smitty the horse. <laughs> right. Well, because, because I bet uh, on him last week. I know you six. guys went to went to the ponies last Saturday. Yes. <clears throat> Colette's telling me the way she threw an apple at a horse. When I was a little boy growing up in Bayside, just up northern from here. We had a neighborhood police horse named Smitty, right. who was oh, wonderful. I love Smitty, and you hear her coming up, you know, galloping up the street, and you'd run out and you bring his handcuffs jangling. <laughs> you'd bring like an apple. Well, she was an older, an older horse. You'd bring like an apple or, or a carrot, and uh, it, it was good fun for the kids to feed Smitty the police horse. And uh, it, I noticed around Halloween or the week after Halloween, Smitty wasn't coming around anymore. And I asked my mom where Smitty was. She said, well, you know, Smitty gone away. There's no more Smitty. <laughs> she started nice, shaking a bottle of Elmer's glue. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> nice horse farm. Let me tell you what happened State. to Smitty. Smitty went to the horse farm in the sky. Smitty, well, and this isn't funny, Smitty got dosed. Someone gave an LSD apple to oh, Smitty. Oh, no. Wow. And Smitty went nuts in the stable. Holy and, shit. And they put him down. They had to put her down. Yeah. That's like, terrible. Yeah. That happened like, to me in once. the stable. <laughs> this is how is this related to Halloween? Well, it happened on Halloween. Someone <laughs> gave it a dosed apple. Don't don't eat your candy without having your mom inspected first. Oh man, I never even thought of that. Yeah, because in Bayside, people were doing all sorts of messed up shit. Man, on that's Devil's fucked night. up. On Devil's Night, feed a horse LSD. Right. Then the thing goes berserk. Yeah. Well, I guess they figured like. The the jerk off who did it probably figured, well, it's a police horse and fuck the cops. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do- dose this innocent horse. I remember like back then the kids were nuts. <laughs> this horse arrested my grandfather back in 1965 and fucked this horse. Yeah, horse has a big like nightstick right. hanging off and big <laughs> hey, giant hey, handcuffs. That's what, that's what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a woman. It was a lady. It was a girl horse, Smitty, with the guy name, Smitty. Well, I don't know Smitty. Smitty could go bo- boy or girl. It's a last name. Smitty Smith. Smith. Yeah. Smith. You know, you know it's funny. That Was ever... it a Granny Smith apple that they gave? Never Rest got in to peace, see it. Smitty. Yeah, yeah, but know anybody that actually uh, got an apple with a razor in it? Remember that whole story was always uh, yeah, it's like well, a hoax. Well, Guys, wait, wait, take wait, over the show. I gotta go get a beer. Okay. Well, there were there were stories about in my neighborhood at least about uh, moms that found they called a PTA meeting over this because there were needles placed inside like Snickers. Right. Some psycho did that piece of shit. I, I remember hearing stuff like that all the time. So yeah. I, I don't remember. And you grow remember the man in the green van? That was another big oh, one yeah, in yeah. our neighborhood. Right. Well for that to Long I Island. I think you and I are around the same age, aren't we? I'm, right. I'm well, forty two now. Okay, I'm forty three. Right. So we're the same age. Do you remember UNICEF boxes? UNICEF, of course, yeah. And you'd get this cardboard box to collect money for UNICEF, which is pretty good if the money did go to UNICEF, but some houses would just give out goddamn pennies and nickels. You wouldn't get candy in it. Just, that's the house that got egged. Yeah, that was that was my house. <laughs> <laughs> Pennies. Yeah, we would uh, we didn't if we ran out of candy. That's what we would do. Well, if you run out of candy. Yeah, it would just but, hand out pennies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think what was like in the 70s and 80s. What was the good candy? What was the shit candy? The good candy was always Kit Kats, same as today. Kit Kats, Reese's, 
peanut butter cups, Snickers. Snickers. Oh, Kit Kat's a number one by far. All right. All right. Well, I think peanut butter cups are. What were, and you brought some last two weeks. Yeah, I would, I would yeah. probably eat a peanut butter cup over a Kit Kat. It's close, though. Very right. close. It's, it is really close. There's this one candy. I only ever see it on Halloween. It's called Take Five, and it has a, <laughs> oh, wait, no, it has a fucking pretzel in it. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It's awesome. Did they have that when we were kids, though? No, no we not. had like it's we had newer. Reggie's and... We had bars. we had uh, one thousand dollar. What's it called? Ten thousand, hundred thousand dollar bars. Hundred thousand dollar. Yeah, that's still around. Pyramid or something. What you yeah. call it? What you call it's a really good. Basically, or, same thing. I or, think. And I was never allowed to eat this. Anything unwrapped. It was not. We we were given individual pieces of like hubba bubba or bubble yum. Right. Right. You right. weren't allowed to eat what? Not if it was. It, it, if was, it wasn't wrapped. Right. It wasn't like individually packaged. It was Anything from like loose, a bigger pack. Yeah. Because you know, because the guy that's going to be handing out. Poison or, or poison or razor blades to kids, you know. They, nobody's gonna remember where his house is, right? Hey, so right, also some piece of shit fed a horse, and also you don't remember who gave what, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true, you know. So, so, I never I got mean, anything weird I mean, in my bag, like with razors and stuff it, like that. There was a, all that panic. I think like half of it was like a hoax, right? And, guys, trick or treating, uh, listening audience, guys, trick or treating in the city is way different than trick or treating in the burbs because you get a. Bag. I'm talking full to the brim of candy. There's well, a lot of doors to tomorrow. We're yeah. going to be going for the record tomorrow because where I live, Ryan lives in an apartment. It's building. 32 <laughs> buildings of 32 <laughs> apartments. Oh, and, uh, we got all day to take care of <laughs> buildings. This okay, here comes Grandison oh. up at bat. What's he doing? What, <laughs> but, uh, what, what you got, son? What was uh, nothing? Describe the three best Halloween costumes you ever dressed up as. Oh, it was all Star Wars. It was the stupid, uh, nothing too creative. It was always the store bar. Up the street from us was a goddamn Woolworths. So whatever came in the box, and it was always Star Wars. <laughs> like, how old are you? Sixty? He's like, ah, back in my back day, in my we day. we had uh, <laughs> we, we get, went to the Woolworth. <laughs> we get flood out at the Woolworth, and was... we had Reggie bars. <laughs> We'd get flood <laughs> out at the Woolworth. So you you always went with the plastic mask with the rubber band around the, the ears, <laughs> and it hurt. Like it fit Casper over... the fucking friendly ghost yeah. and everything. You like had to that, cut right? out a slot for my big nose to fit through, so everybody knew who I was. Actually, <laughs> Look, it's you, a Jewish ghost. <laughs> you know, or I could be Italian. We say, same. <laughs> um, That's in the hole. Come yeah, on. Uh, no. So we're watching the baseball I game. Get there. He got there. Oh, go to second. Go. So. Uh, don't go. At first. All okay. Right. So we, Mets man have on a man first. on Nobody first. Out. And your number Nobody two costume? Uh, it's all Star Wars. The, my number two costume was recently. Have, have you ever, as a kid, like had a big costume that was not store bought and you just came up with the whole thing on I'm your own tr- i'm really trying to think and i'm into like my mom made creative it, uh, stuff like that not uh, really. i had two brothers and we were the ghostbusters and my mom made all the costumes. oh that's cool so they you had like cool. your, your your what do you call your uh your pack what yeah you call thing? and uh but there were black uniforms <laughs> like black, <laughs> we look more like, uh, like, the, like the a black. gay motorcycle gang. Or <laughs> i thought you thought me you were the black ghostbuster from no. part two like whoa yeah, we, were, we, we were all winston zedmore right that's, that's not yeah, not a cool one of us under costumes that are not cool white kids must not be Winston. Right. Ever. My best was... The uniforms. The uniforms were black. <laughs> right, I, don't okay, know right. I guess that was the material that the was black. available to my mother. And by now, by now, far, my best was Beetlejuice, for sure. All right. Really? Yeah. That's a little bit too old. Oh, you mean when you well, were I was, in, I was in... Uh, Michael no, Keytron? I, I was in high school. It was for a high school dance. So. Correct Tron, bro. Correct Thank Tron, you, Dan. Bro. I wore a full-on gorilla suit behind the bar once. That was a <laughs> big mistake. It's sweaty in there, right? I lost about 50 pounds. I that always wanted a gorilla mistake. suit. You can you can get them. It's uh, that's Jim Belushi's finest role, by the way. At the end of Trading <laughs> yeah, Places. That's right. That's right. That's, that's when he he's, he that's did right. his best work, and it will yep. never be trumped yep, when right. he was the gorilla. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> and New Year's <laughs> Eve gorilla. That's gone. Oh, there yes. is home run. That ball's high. It's far. It's okay. David Wright nice. hit a home Finally, run. Finally, the two captain. run home runs. Woo. Captain Tom David Wright sending one. 
Raising yeah. the apple. That's one for the apple. Bring the confidence here, boys. Let's go. Two run home runs, so that's Kansas City one, Mets dos. Now watch, fuck watch, time he watch that error in the first inning. Loom large in yes. this game, unless we break out. Let's okay. break it out, boys. Yes, let's Still nobody out. Got to believe in the Mets. Let's go Mets. Got to believe. Uh, Francesca was saying on the radio today that the Mets have to win the next four in a row to win oh, the World Oh, he could go suck it. <laughs> fuck him. They're going to win four. They're going to win. I'm turd. telling you, they got to win what four. This turd. guy calls up. He goes, Mike, that's a stupid thing to say. Like, <laughs> he goes, you're stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And each trip, Francesca's trying to stay calm, you know? And he's like, well, listen, you know, they got to win four in a row because they're not going to they're not gonna win game six and then, uh, you know, and they're not going to lose game six and then win game seven. He's like, listen, it doesn't happen. Listen, listen, <laughs> Look who listen. it is. Look who it is. Uh, we're joined by is. Peter Pavicevich. <laughs> Pavicevich. Pavicevich. <laughs> Peter, is it, is it pronounced, is it, is it Pavicevic? No. Pavicevich. 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 Itch, itch. Peter's joining us today. We're a little uh, short. We, uh, we were missing Mario <laughs> and... Patrick Walsh, who has a house guest or something. Okay, so I have a story. I ran into Peter at the X Show, at the fantastic X Show at FMU's Monty Hall. A couple of was it uh, two two weeks ago, (laughs) and it was last Friday. (laughs) Last Friday, and he said hi to me, and I'm like, hey, how are you? Because you know how famous I am. And I didn't. I everybody didn't, knows Brian. I didn't go. recognize you. And then you walked away, and I was like, oh, that's Peter P. I did a high so I, but Sorry. I apologize for that. No problem. And uh, I, I sent you an email the next day. Like, yeah, I, I know you. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> I recognized you the minute you walked through. Actually, I thought you were Dave when you walked in. That was a good but, show, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was great. great. Guys, the X rocked. I think they played San Francisco last night. Yeah, actually, but, uh, we saw Conan. Crowd, the crowd has not stopped cheering. And Mr. Kasuga was there. Kasuga. And also... Uh, like fun. What's, uh, uh, what's um, Brain Fart from uh, Fake Limbs? Help me out. Stephen Soli. Stephen Soli was there. Great Stephen Soli. Touring through. Yeah. Nice guy. Now that's Italian. Do you know that Stephen Soli saying that? No. no. Now that's Italian. I always thought that was uh, Dave Harrison. That's Stephen Soli himself. Wow. It's, hate, it's hateful. This is the one place he could be uh, racist. <laughs> <laughs> and it would live on in perpetuity. Now that's Italian. Thank you, Steve. All right. Now we're on a roll. We're on the board. All right. We're on the board. I Look what Peter brought. He brought. How J- was the X, by the way? We, I, I thought they were phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Peter. They were great. Tell them about it. Um, seemed like they were on for like 10 minutes, but they played for like an hour and a half. The X from Holland, of course. and uh, The it, Mighty Dutch. Right. If I may, they had on... Um, oh, I haven't had my whiskey yet. What what, uh, what the hell is his name? The Vandermark. Yes. No, Vandermark. Ken Vandermark. Vandermark? Vanderstad? Oh, God. James Vanderbeek. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they call me. Um, he's a, a pretty avant-garde saxophone player. He normally, normally, normally he plays like off the reed, and he makes these really cool scronks and, and noises. He plays it non-traditionally. Right. Whereas with the X, which is a very experimental-sounding band, been more structured lately. But what he did with them was just basically pad their chords, or he played chords himself. So it was a little, little deterred by that a bit. Right. But I thought he'd do something a little bit more... Uh, Scronky. Scronky. Not even scronky, but a little bit more uh, signature to, to Is the his, X the kind mind. of band that, uh, like, they don't have songs? No, no, no. They certainly play the same thing every single time. Oh, but, oh they do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. but it's uh, it's still pretty much out there. They're, I mean, politically, they're anarchists anyway. So right. th- it's all about, like, you know, uh, our, our sound sometimes reflects our message where it's 
I guess you could say, just free for all and wild and and uh, and unhinged. Right. So he doesn't really play. The chat cars. box seems yeah. to be very into the X. Well, it's uh, yeah. Who, who, who's chiming in? I'm not. I'm not up. Oh, uh, plenty of people. Kazuga's Alexa. Well, he was there. They all love Kazuga's the X. Kazuga's there last night. Uh, Kazuga's saying Ken Vandermark. Man, That's thank it. you, yeah. thank you. And yeah. you know, I should know this because it, during PRF Kentucky. Got him. All right, we got him at first. That's not good. That's, not That's good us, guys. Oh. Oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. I'm telling a story. We're away. I'm telling a story. <laughs> a fucking ex. I, I saw Ryan's it. punching out. I'm punching Cespedes. out. Cesp- no, it's uh, <laughs> uh, a. You don't even know who it is. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to do a radio show. <laughs> I saw. Dude, why are you sliding into first base, you <laughs> idiot? Know, Doesn't get you there faster. Bill Nye, the science guy, explain this. Right. Talking about padding cords. I saw Peter and Ryan clap, so I clapped. I don't know. How uh, about that, David Wright? Get a home run in the World Series. That's, that's something that has never happened. Put a big ol'. Why is he smiling? Because he's David Wright. <laughs> so, uh, I missed the Green show. Green Boyd saying the best band he's ever seen. It's a very nice that's thing to bold. say. Yeah. It's, a, it's, you know, it's apples and oranges. Lots of best bands to see. They're fucking great. And uh, uh, that's why I wasn't here last week, because I went to the X. Right. Not to be confused with X, the L.A. punk band. Right, no, no. Two completely the, the, different the bands. X. And I wonder how many idiots came to that uh, that FMU show that we saw expecting to see, you know, Los Angeles X. Oh, I don't think right. so. Did you see the opener? $75 um, yes, goal. that's actually a friend of mine. They were good. It's, yeah, it's um, Rick from um, from uh, Fish and Roses and from the band Run On that was signed to Matador for a bit. Yeah, they're always so, good. Yeah. yeah, so he did a very, um, how could you say, like a very ambient sounding. He plays like a... Um, Homemade instrument. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's homemade, but it's a, a I think called a, a cajon, the, the box that you sit on, you, oh, you bang it. Is? Yeah, and he has a guitar player that just does his uh, his droney guitar styles, which is very, very, uh, I don't know, like a Indian Asian sounding, and that's not a reflection of what his nationality is. It just sounds, it sounds to be of that part of the world, right? Like a sitari, a little bit. All right, I think the back guy's calling it. Hello, Ron. Hey, this is Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey. How's it going, man? Right on time. This is Brian Musikoff. Thank you for calling. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Good. You guys know each other? Well, we acquainted online when I invited him to call in, oh. and I'm glad that you called in. I see. Happy, happy pre-Halloween. Yeah, man. It's it's uh, There's goofy kids running all over the place here. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for you. We were discussing this Wait, before. Wait, well, you have to introduce the guest. You know how this I, I apologize. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. This is Ron, the back guy, Scheller. Am I pronouncing your name uh, right, Ron? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, he's from Illinois, and he's, uh, I guess, kind of, I don't want to call you a pest control operator, but I guess, in essence, that's he's, what you're a wildlife guy, right? Uh, a bat specialist. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, PCO guys are more chemically uh, inclined and uh, more bug buggish, and uh, we deal with a lot of uh, furry critters, whether they fly or, or run away. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question. So you said furry critters. Are bats rodents? No, they are not. They are not. Um, that's a very uh, commonly uh, it's a misconception. associated trait with bats. Everybody says, oh, they're just a mouse with wings okay, or yeah. whatever. It's like, no, yeah. they're, they're barely rated, related. They're more related, you know, closely related to a person than a mouse. Oh. <laughs> um, they don't have the little incisor teeth for chewing, and they, they, you know, so far from a mouse, it's unbelievable, except they're tiny and fuzzy. 
Okay, here in New York City, we have rats with wings. That's what they call pigeons. So I was assuming that maybe. I also, uh, I, I want to just defend pigeons for a second here. I think they get a bad rap. Sure, they make a big mess and stuff, but the pigeon is a is a is a good looking bird. It's noble. It's noble. It's hardy, and uh, I'll it's tell you what. Bird. It's a smart bird. It's too. it's a it's a strong bird. Yeah, they still. are cool birds. We used to have homing pigeons. I when I was in grade school, I raced them. Uh, my very first trophy was a 500-mile race from Texas. My bird, Betsy, won the race. It wow. was, uh, to, to back to uh, Illinois? From, from Texas to Illinois? No. Texas to Illinois, yeah, 500 miles. It, it took almost two days. Are you kidding? Holy cow. No, it was cool. You had the little bands on their legs and, you know, had to lure them into the shed when they got home and get the band in a, it's a special clock that you that's drop the band into. It's a rubber band, of course, yeah, not the band. That's unbelievable. You have to I, I the leg it, off to get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it can. Um, go ahead, go ahead. It punches the time and it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Carrier pigeons are extinct, aren't they? Yeah, these were just homers, homing right. pigeons. Homing yeah. pigeons. Hoboken, where I'm from, Hoboken has or had a really big uh, club. Which was a homing pigeon? You ever hear the the Hoboken Homing Club? I don't know how, how Sinatra used how, to play that drum. Well, I think he was into pigeons. It was the cool thing to do. Mike Tyson, yeah, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson definitely was, and right. he's been there. So, yeah, pigeons. It's what, interesting. What, what what should people do if they find a bat like half dead, let's say, upstate last summer on the ground? Um, <laughs> it depends if it's on the ground outside. Yes. Um, During the day, it's really not. Oh, it's it's. It can be looked at a couple of ways. Most of the time, a sick bat, of course, will end up on the ground. Right. Um, it, it, that's one of the reasons you get such a skewed number on rabies testing. You know, you got all these people running around bats, so they're all rabid and they're all going to kill you. Well, hey, we saw And it just drives me crazy because about a half a percent ever contract rabies. Right. And, of course, those do get sick and die, and those are the ones you find on the ground. So people will be out doing yard work, and they see this little brown fuzzy thing, and if it was a possum laying there drooling and sliming all over, they would never pick it up. But it's this little tiny piece of fur, so they grab it, and in self-defense, it turns around and bites them. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, they get it tested, and it tests positive, usually, if, if it's on the ground. Not usually, I shouldn't say usually, but it can. And then all the news you know, outlets go crazy and say, oh, my gosh, there's rabid bats all over the city, and they're attacking people. And it's like, no, how about some idiot picked it up you know, with no gloves on, right. and it bit it. And, you know, they'll, they'll test 10 of them, and five of them will test positive. And then you see on the news, you're like, hey, 50% of bats are rabid. I'm like, no, 50% of the 10 sick ones that couldn't fly on the ground that you tested were rabid. And it's like, come on, guys. You, you can go in the hospital and see if anybody in there is sick. You know, it's yeah. the same thing. Right. It, it's just ridiculous. You know, there's millions of them flying around at night, eating bugs, doing a, doing a great job. And for some reason, people ignore those. Yeah, they, it did actually happen to me. Uh, I mean, I found a half-dead bat, and um, I, I didn't know what to do. I, 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 so throwing him in, in a bush isn't a good idea, right? <laughs> well, you know, disposing of them is always the best thing if they're dead. If they're not dead, it gets touchy. The uh, public health department typically won't come and grab it and test it if it wasn't in a residence. You know, if it's outside, it's like, well, that's a part of nature. That's just one of those things that happen. But then if you leave it out there and somebody's dog or cat, you know, is cruising by or some little kid picks it up and gets bitten and doesn't tell anyone, you know, then you're thinking maybe I did the wrong thing by leaving it there. So it's really kind of a touchy touchy thing no matter which way you go. Yeah. Um, I figured that, uh, you know, the nature would take its course, which which it did. Uh, <laughs> he was he, he was torturously eaten by uh, insects. Uh, I apologize, well, everyone. Thanks. Nature takes its course. Uh, Ron, this is kind of kind of a related question. My friend here in New York City is the director of the Liberty Humane Society, 
And she mm-hmm. wanted she wanted me to ask you about the spread of white nose syndrome, which is something I don't know about. Oh, oh yeah, it, it's really hammering you guys on the East Coast. It's just right. horrible. Um, it's you know a uh, not just debilitating, but a fatal disease. Um, it affects the bats when they're hibernating, typically, and it's it's cave hibernating bats. It's not so much the ones that are solitary hibernators like the um, red bats, whatever, that, that get into the forest floor and just hibernate under the leaves. The ones that get into big groups in caves. They're doing um, Tutsarutsky. <laughs> white nose syndrome. syndrome. They got syndrome. Oh, okay, okay. okay. You have okay, any bats gotcha, in the I cave? Gotcha. I, got you. I got you. I got you. He's saying they're on blow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the, uh, that, that, the white nose syndrome, the reason they call it that is it gets a little fungus that grows on their face and it's whitish color, and that's a sign of the disease. So it, um, it, it actually causes them to burn up their fat reserves that they've built up for hibernation, and they just cannot make it through the winter. And they'll, they'll come out of the caves in midwinter because they're starving and they find them just, I mean, you guys, there's been like 7 million bats died from white nose and 90 some percent of the population on the East coast of like the little Browns are just non-existent. And it's, it's really decimating disease. It's sad. So poor bats. <laughs> they're like shutting I'm down crying. caves. You know, they're, they're keeping people from hiking through the caves cause they're, they're claiming, well, it makes sense that they can transfer the fungus from the cave floor on their shoes to the next cave they go to, and then wipe out another colony of bats okay. in that oh, cave. Okay. So Bad. It, it's uh, it's kind of affecting a lot of a lot of different aspects. Yeah, right. I see them upstate all the time now. When every summer we go up there, they come out for like a half hour, eat all the bugs, and then they disappear. Well, not nocturnally though, right? Yeah, it's right about yeah. a dusk. little like dusk, yeah. you know, right, right when the sun's go com- almost completely down, they start flying around. Yeah, they're, they're frightening in flight. And, uh, they're very sporadic. Well, they're not frightening when you, when you re- once you realize that, uh, like, I'm usually out there on the boat and I'm fishing, and then they go after the bait, and then at the last second they peel off and realize it's not something that they should eat, and, and they and, never really mess right. with Ron, is it true the way they see by by sonar? They they bounce sound, so they, they squeak and see how the sound bounces? Is that is yeah, that echolocation. Basically, that's how they detect their, their prey. You know, the, the night-flying insects is what they eat, you know, 100% of their diet. And they send out a, basically like a sonar signal or whatever, and it, it bounces off the bugs and comes back to them, and they can actually zone in exactly where that bug is at, total darkness in the sky at night, and they'll get something the size of a mosquito, and it's like they never miss. It's just incredible. Yeah. When you watch them darting around in, in the sky, you'll see bats... If you watch them right at dusk, that, there's about a 20-minute window where you can actually see them before it gets too dark. And yeah. you, know, you just see them do these really crazy turns. Like, they'll be going along, and they'll do like a 90, and bing. Every time they do that, they're scooping up a bug. Cool. And it's incredible, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of bugs they eat nightly. Um, it's just it's just mind-blowing. But they, mm. they do use eyesight for, like, general navigation and, and identification of roost sites and stuff. Everybody thinks they're blind. It's like, no, they're not blind. They can see as good as we can. Right. That's actually my I, – I read recently – before knowing that you were going to be on the show, that out of the 1,200 species of bats, that actually zero of them are blind. That's true? Hmm. Right. right. It is so cool because, like, I'll, I'll get a call, like, from a big college building or a church or whatever, and they'll have, you know, maybe a 1,000 bats roosting in an attic, sometimes a couple thousand. They've been there for 70 years, and the droppings are about to cave the ceiling in, so they decided they better do something all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, right. you walk down these walkways, and I always think it's just, so cool to see these things will be hanging in the highest ridge peak just just packed side by side all the way down these ridges hmm. and you walk by on the walkway and it's like watching the spectators at a tennis game you know as you walk by all their little faces turn and follow <laughs> you and then you walk back past and they're all, it's like they're all mechanically <laughs> they just, it's like one of those it, pictures in a, so in a cool. horror movie right. so, 
we forgot to mention that they, Ron's located in uh, Central Illinois. Where 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 yeah. are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So. Kind of south central, about an hour fifty miles north of St. Louis okay. on the Illinois side, of course. Okay, so that's where he is. Uh, Ron, when you go into these houses, you sent me a picture earlier, and uh, there's just hundreds of bats clinging to this chimney in an attic, mm-hmm. and, and someone calls you to remove. How the hell do you get all those bats out of there? <laughs> yeah. it, it's actually, it's, it's a really cool technique. Um, it's really the only way to do it properly. It's just called an exclusion uh, program. Uh, whether it's 10 bats or 1,000 bats, it's the exact same procedure, and you, you first identify their main entry points. Sometimes there's just one. Sometimes there's five or six or more. Um, and then you have to start by pre-sealing the building. Any, any area that a bat could fit through, which is basically a quarter-inch gap or larger, from the foundation to the highest ridge peak has to be sealed. Caulking, different types of sealants, metal trims, whatever. Um, and you leave their primary access points open. And after you seal the entire structure so there's no alternative entries, you put these little one-way excluder valves up, and it allows the bats to go out of the structure, but it prevents them from getting back in. So you're taking advantage of their behavior to get rid of them. They're going to go outside at night to feed. So they do that unknowingly going through the one-ways, and the next morning, right before sunrise, they come back, and they have to find a new cave. Hopefully there's some available real estate well, in the area. Locked and out. there usually is. They can find their way in. Right. Amazing. Now, will they all get back together in, in the same group of bats if they find a not, new place? Not necessarily, but, I mean, the chances are really well. What I've seen over the years, this is like the 26th year I've been doing this craziness. And it seems like they, I know they're a real social animal. And if there's another colony, say, a half a mile away somewhere, if I'm in a, you know, like a medium-sized town, and doing a bunch of, you know, historic homes like in a, oh, the older, town, older parts of town. If, if somebody down the road two or three blocks has a small colony, and I run 50 of them out of one guy's house, it seems like if they each started with 50, one guy has zero, the next one has, the other guy has 100 all of a sudden. They're real social. They know where the other colonies are. And it seems like before they, you know, invade a new home, they will, right, not in a new home as in brand new, but right, right. a new area, yeah. they will go and move right in with their buddies down the road. And yeah. it makes me feel a little better because everybody's like, oh, that's a ripoff. You, you've got a real racket going there, <laughs> chasing these bats out of the houses, and then you have to go do it again. I'm like, hey, I don't make the rules. I just have to live by them. It's right, illegal right. to kill them. Yeah, I got them out of your and, house, right. Can you tell you know, and it, how is it my fault that that person's house has a hole in it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to be uh, an exterminator, for lack of a better word. We used to do squirrels and raccoons and all that stuff. And then people don't understand that you can't just close the hole. And, yes. like, you know, the, the, the squirrel or whatever's in there will likely ruin your attic and make a new hole to get out. <laughs> it's the, you oh, know, yeah. It's the yeah. And to... I have it happen with bats. I'll get a call, like, at 10 o'clock at night. A family's at Holiday Inn. And they're like, uh, we've got about 60 bats flying around in the house. Like, okay, you fixed your house today, didn't you? You fixed some holes. Yeah, I saw the holes. I knew the bats were in there, so I, I went up this afternoon and fixed them. I said, where did you think the bats were when you were fixing the holes? Yeah, exactly. I, people think they come into the house at night. They don't realize they're just sleeping in the house. <laughs> they don't use it at all at night. They go outside all night. And, yeah. you know, the sun goes down, the bats can't get out, so they panic, and they go everywhere, and they end up inside the living quarters. And, and like I say, I get <laughs> the midnight fun. call from Holiday Inn. It's like, oh, what do I do? It's a spooky <laughs> house now. Right. Sorry. Is there... Is yeah. there a more common type of bat that will that will take over an attic of a house by you as opposed to here on the East Coast? Is, is it a brown bat that's common? Yeah, well, the little browns and the big browns both. Um, I do, I'd say 90% of the work I do are, are big browns. And the little browns, 
Most people think the big browns are little browns if they're not bat people. Who, who's scarier? Little, in comparison little... to a bird, a one of your guys, your favorite pigeons, yeah. they are tiny. Um, but you know, when you see a little brown, you realize just how tiny they are. And that's the people call me. Oh, we've got some baby bats in the attic, and they'll call you know late in the summer when all the all the bats are flying and there's no no young ones. And I say, no, you don't have baby bats. You probably have little browns because they're tiny. Yeah. And uh, bite size. It, <laughs> yeah, those by, two by those you. species are certainly common in the... right. we seem to have an infant hello are you still there Uh-oh. i think we lost them. Yeah. range like from there 30 to 100 um little browns i those are the ones that get us the big college buildings and schools and churches big old condos and there might be a couple thousand at a time when, when you get the little browns listen I, incredible. I i need you i need you to come to new york i got a problem these kansas city oh, bats no. are killing us <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> In this World Series, we're getting eaten up by these bats, <laughs> biting us all over oh, the place. This is true. Death by oh. a thousand little bat little bites. Browns. They're rabid. In, in fairness, they only have one bite more than our Mets have. Right. So we're still going at it. Do you ever get bitten, Ron? Uh, not by bats. About the only thing they ever get, get bitten by are snakes, because you get a call from somebody with a snake in their house, and maybe I'll go in without gloves on at first just to see what's going on, and I see it going under like a, a refrigerator. And I know I can't lift the refrigerator, and if he gets in by the motor, it's going to be a pain in the rear to get him out. Yeah. So I'll just grab him in the midsection, which I know is totally wrong, and they'll spin <laughs> around and bite you and latch on your arm, and then you get a good hold on him after they got you. Right. <laughs> well, well like, thank, thank goodness they You know it's going to happen, but you know, if I don't grab the snake, then the person says, I called you, you drove all the way here, and you let it, you missed it. You know? yeah. So it's like, oh, crap, i got to yes. grab this thing in the wrong place and get bit. So you, yeah. take, oh. you take one for the team. I like that. <laughs> yeah, hey, Ron, Ron, you told, this is Brian Musical. Ron, you told me a story in email about a job that you did where you had to remove, and I don't remember the number, was it 400 pounds of bat dropping? Oh, boy. 4,000 pounds. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> wow. And is there, it was incredible. And is, um, I think I might have sent you a picture on email or something when you first got a hold of me. Um, it was a church down in St. Genevieve, Missouri. Okay. Great, big, gigantic church. Um, they had bats for like 75 or 80 years, you know, on record. And uh, they sent a guy, I guess, up into the attic to put some new can lights in or something above the altar. And he couldn't get the. He went up in the bell tower, and he couldn't get the door open. It's like a sliding piece of plywood and some grooves. And he fought and fought and fought. Pretty soon he got the thing to move. And there was like three feet of bat guano oh my pellets. God. Just like little bitty dots, like, you know, maybe three <laughs> times bigger than mouse poop. I'm surprised and, it wasn't a garden. And it just rolled out of the hole onto where he was standing like a grain chute. Uh, and ew. he didn't know what it was. So he, he shines his flashlight in there, and then the bats start flying all around. And he, they said he'd come flying down those steps out of the bell tower, left the door <laughs> open. I'm done. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I quit. So, they, that guy literally had bats in his belfry. My no, grandfather used to it, say that all the time. Hey, when hey, you got uh, bats in your bats belfry? In your belfry. <laughs> he did. He did. It, 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 Guano is excellent fertilizer, we know. So I'm it is ama- fantastic fertilizer. I'm amazed. And is there is there is there truth to the rumor? You know, the exchanging saying is bat shit crazy. Is it true that is there any toxin in it that drives people insane? Guano. I wouldn't say that. It can be dangerous as far as you know the health aspects. The histoplasmosis spores can grow in it, and you. I mean, you got to treat it like asbestos when you're getting it out of a structure. You can't just go up there oh, with wow. a, a okay. dust mask from Home Depot and right. you know. Right. I don't want those little shit breathers. I only work with the good stuff. Remember that from the jerky boys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we have the best gardens, and you know, all of my family has <laughs> right. fantastic right. gardens. You right. know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do you do? Can you can you resell it as fertilizer once you remove it? I've had guys talk to me about it, and you know the Put world a we sign live on in on the is, side of the road, crazy. free batch it, like free <laughs> the, firewood. Uh, you know, hydro, the hydroponics places, you know, organic gardening centers. 
I've had a couple guys get a hold of me. They knew that I was backing it up by the tons. And it was really weird because I checked into liability, and I thought, well, maybe if I could just have, like, a release form that I'm not responsible for this stuff. If somebody gets histoplasmosis and gets really sick or keels over, I don't want them tracing it back to me. And I talked to the lawyer about it. He says, no, he says, you're toast if you do that form. I'm like, what? So? He goes, no, that's admitting guilt that you know it's dangerous. Uh, and he said, you'd be better off not using the form. So I just I just put the stuff into a dumpster, and it goes to the landfill, which just drives me nuts. The stuff's like $10 a pound on the Internet. Right. That was $40,000 at that bat job. Yeah. And in the tube, you know, just down the tubes. I watched it drive down the road in a, in a dumpster. And I'm, yeah. But... That's again, of course, that's retail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's better to be uh, safe than sorry. You don't want to get into the batshit business, and then next thing you know, they lock you up. And it's like, what are you in for? And they right. find out I was just selling bat poop and you get your ass kicked in jail. It's a slippery slope. I'd be hanging upside down in the cell. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ron, when you first called in, you said you had kids running around your neighborhood tonight, which leads me to my next question. John and I were discussing this at the beginning of the show. We had something, a phenomenon out here in New York called Devil's Night or Mischief Night. No, we didn't. You made it up. <laughs> no, I swear it was a real thing, and I was terrorized by it, where kids go out and they just destroy, they bomb neighborhoods. With, whoops. Sorry. Sorry about that. They bomb neighborhoods with eggs and toilet paper, what have you, shaving cream. Is that a phenomenon in the Midwest? Devil's Night or oh, yeah. Mischief yeah. Night? It's, it's happened from when we were little guys to even now. See, you know, it's just crazy. See, John, I'm not making this up. And it oh, right I see. You're, us, you're using the guest to uh, make me a liar. I see uh, what you're uh, doing. He, he's confirming. <laughs> I, why, no, why, we, why, why, I mean, everybody parks their cars like around the back of the house or, you know, <laughs> in the garage or whatever because you don't know you'll find shaving cream or whatever on the car and and sometimes they get really stupid and use paint and uh, I mean it's not like we're little punks in, in you know it's not like it's really common but there are always those those crazies out there doing that stuff and little did, little did they know you're the bat guy yeah <laughs> Oh, well, I can get him back if they. <laughs> if I find you don't want to mess with the not. back guy. No, don't, don't do. He's I, got I, fire extinguishers full of guano. He's right. spraying. <laughs> he puts guano in a bag and puts it on the front porch and sets it on fire. <laughs> sprayed with that, That's one use for the guano. Take that, you little punks. Right, but it's not sloppy enough. It's not much fun. Right. <laughs> what kind of? You, I didn't even know they had snakes in Illinois. Do they? You get snake calls, and they're usually like in the you know, electric box outside or something same. like that. Or in the toilet? No, there. A lot of times in. Inside of houses, they'll get into crawl spaces and get through the foundations. Like if the mortar joints, you know, have a gap in them, uh, the garter snakes will come in. Uh, even once in a while, I get the big, you know, five and six foot eastern rat snakes inside the houses. And it's typically when somebody has like a little soffit panel fell out of their, you know, longer roof line, and the sparrows will go in and build a nest in there. Well, the snake figures out that's a food source, so they crawl up the downspout and go in the soffit hole, and they eat all the bird eggs and all the birds. And then they end up coming down through a ceiling tile or something, and people are just totally right. blown away when this gigantic thing is just like crawling around the house. They're they're harmless. I mean, they bite. Garter snakes bite. They're they're not venomous. Every, so I mean, it's yeah, just, every snake bites. Garter snakes yeah. can climb too, can't they? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes, no. They I can. They climb walls. They cling. <laughs> they cling. <laughs> well, like Brian's calm today. Garter snakes can climb, can't they? <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Go ahead, Ron. You're listening to Mutual of Omaha. here on the branch. So our caller tonight is Ron the Bat Guy, yeah. and it's Halloween. Ron, thank you so much for calling. Hey, not a problem at all. Enjoyed Ron, it. you have anything to plug? You want to plug your business or anything? Absolutely. We have a lot of Chicago listeners, believe it or not. Most of our listeners are from Chicago. We do. And well, I'm talking. about four hours south of there, so oh, it's forget it, a then. little bit far. I've done a couple big, I've done a big AT&T building up there and a couple of 
big commercial accounts that nobody else was willing to tackle. Right. I, I'm just goofy like that. I'll walk up to a place. I went to Eureka College years ago, parked at the front of this place, Burgess Hall, great big four-story place with the art just, uh, the art uh, department on top. It's just full of bats. And I go walk up to the door, and there's a guy standing with his arms crossed inside these big doors going in the front, you know. And I, I walk up there, and I open the door, and he goes, congratulations. I'm like, what? He goes, Uh-oh. you're the first person that we've called out of six people who actually walked all the way to the building. He says, they get out of the truck, they look up, and they turn around, they get in the truck and leave. Oh, really? <laughs> and then I look at it like, oh, man, this is a challenge. i got to do this. Right. You know, I just can't wait to, to get at it and, get you know, run a 120-foot boom lift and, and get going. Right. <laughs> if you've ever, and I, I feel your pain because if you've ever, if you've ever tried, to, tried to take a, a giant raccoon in a trap, uh, off a roof on, down a 40-foot ladder. It's no fun. Oh, yeah. It's no fun. You have to it's hold no the cage away from you because the thing's trying to kill you. Ron, we, oh, yeah. And, uh, and right. it weighs about, you know, 70 pounds. And it's also... Pull, if you, I'm sure you've had a, you've set a trap in an attic or something, then you go up there and you see the raccoon has pulled in every item that is in the attic into the cage with him, like blankets, anything that's around. He's just grabbing it, you know, and pulling Cats it with, in. There. They do. They will grab anything. Cats with thumbs. They have, pos- they have thumbs. They have opposable thumbs. I saw one hitchhike. Cats with thumbs. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) You you know, Ron, out here we pronounce uh, what's on top of your house, we pronounce that roof uh, versus uh, out by you, everyone says roof. 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 Yeah. Yeah, kind of doggy. Yeah, so it, so just to clarify what John was talking about, the the roof is where the raccoon was. Yeah. Oh no, I got it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Ron. <laughs> thanks. For really, being. really appreciate it, man. And uh, Ron's the name of Ron's business is. It's the Bat Guy Wildlife Control. Thebatguy.com. The thebatguy.com. Go visit him there, and if you have bats, he's your guy. He will not shy away from any job. Right. Thank you for dispelling the myths and teaching us new things. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Ron. Happy Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Be good. There he goes. There's Ron. Ron the Bat Guy. The Bat Guy Scheller. Nice guy. I like that guy. Hey, John. Yeah. Did you not do a job when you back in your exterminating days where you had to contend with pigeons? And did you not make the pigeons trip out or some shit like that? I would never do anything like that. No, they used to. Um, when I first started working there, they had a chemical, and it's now illegal. And you would, uh, I, I never did a, a pigeon job. You could still get it. I but, got, I got yeah, it. it was like a, some kind of corn feed, and it would make them like trip out on, on acid. And they would just start flying in all different directions and like leave. What? So they went about like just like darting across northern with like misdirected like pigeons. Yeah, I don't catch know, the pigeon, up, uh, uh, catch we, the pigeon. I remember Joe was it is in St Andrew's Bell Tower. It was just infested. <laughs> That's pigeons. where we have friends with children that go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that pigeon shit. That's dangerous shit. Right? Oh god, you gonna breed that shit in after it dries? You fucking get sick. You've I'm been so, up in that bell tower? Yeah, it's cool up there. There's no bell up there, is there? <laughs> uh, it's like a big tape it's recorder, like a digital speaker, bell or right? something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there ever was one. <laughs> There's like a Monsignor Fogarty is up there yeah. with a bell. <laughs> my, <laughs> my girls are there right now. Not in the bell tower. Of right. Course, oh god, it's Halloween. They're, they're at the qu- school right now. Quasimodo of of flushing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, PS31 on Bell has a bell tower too. That's why they call it Bell. Uh, oh, is that true? No, I just made oh. it. <laughs> I just made it. <laughs> it's yeah, like you made up Mischief Night. That was uh, a thing, man. It was a real thing. Oh. P- Peter, where did you grow up? Mount Vernon, New York. Okay. Yeah. Did you have Devil's Night? Yeah, we always fuck around. See? Yeah, I thought it was... 
what? It was on Halloween, the day. No, the it's before. the night before. And the day, night of. Oh, oh, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> you can't go out. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do anything. All Unless right. you're part of a crew. I think we should take a break. Let's and when break. we come back, we'll be talking at, what, 9.15, Brian? Yeah, uh, no, no, she's 9.30. But Tracy, you can call in early if you oh, want. Oh, 9.30. Okay. If she's listening. And uh, so, we'll have uh, Tracy Wilson on at 9.30 of Dolly Seed, Ring Finger, and Positive No. For <laughs> now, let's take a quick break and... Uh, Mets are losing 3-2. Let's go, Mets. Please, God. Go, please. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is horrible. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Live from the Bride. Radio Nope.
Curtis Granderson. That's like the fifth broken bat I've seen all night. Murph just broke his bat too. What the hell's going on? Ridiculous. Thank you. Wow. Fun times. Oh, that guy's got a little head. Mets take the lead. He's got a little a little head, big hat. Granderson, two run. What's that? Uh, I, uh, here I am. I'm saying Curtis Granderson, two run homie. Two run homie. That one's not coming back. Grandy take man another can. look. look Let's take a look. I love Curtis Granderson. Me too. What a guy. How can you not? I so this show's all about me. I saw <laughs> Obviously. I saw his twentieth home run here here at home. Which oh, was yeah? Great. Yeah, it was, was a that? day game. It's a real milestone. It was the day game. <laughs> the big two oh. <laughs> well, it was big two oh. It was the day game and it was actually camp day. Remember we were talking about camp day? Sorry, all my stuff just yeah, fell you know, over. Yeah, I tried right, to yeah, right, you're on a Wednesday afternoon at noon, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's yeah. I, I've been there for that. Yeah, yeah it was hell on earth. So, <laughs> kids everywhere, but I was one of them kids at one point, and I annoyed probably someone that's my age now, then. Cespedes with a hot smash to the hot corner does not... Shush, but it's finally, right. finally he did something. No, well, he, we got out again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? I didn't even pay attention to a word you said. I heard it all. Want me to recap? Steve V from Wilmington, Carolina. You're on the air. Who's calling at 9 11 o'clock? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. I hope I'm not it's about time we heard from you. No, That's no, right. it's good That's to hear right, your voice, Steve. sir. Where have you been? How are you? Yeah, I have you on. I have you on speaker, and I'm standing with uh, Keith Kopka from Halifax Resolve. Hey, oh. Hello, Keith. What's up, guys? Hey, how, you how are you? You guys sound loud and clear. It's working how's it, out. How's it going, Keith? What's going on? Hey guys, how's it going tonight? I just saw Granderson's two-run homer. Very stressful. Very stressful. Happy about the homer. Uh, the Syndergaard uh, getting that leadoff single was huge. Huge. Big, taking uh, taking the yeah. lead back. That's, that's great. It's tit for tat. Yeah, we're go ahead. We're playing a show, so we just loaded in and uh. You know, missed most of the game so far, so I'm trying to catch up. But I figured I'd give you guys a call because you could fill me in quicker than uh, you know Joe Buck could. Right. Well, yeah. it, well it's four two Mets because Granderson just hit a hit a double a two run homer. Hey John, I believe yeah. this is this is Brian Musikoff, by the way. Hi, I believe. Hi. I believe Stephen. Hi. 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 John. Hi. Stephen's calling. <laughs> Stephen's calling in with the scene report. Oh this yeah, is, this is a scene report. Steve, can you tell us about this band? Oh, scene report. The scene report. Hell yeah! Oh, that's what you call Steve, us. You want to do a scene report? Tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> you want to do a scene report? Nope. Scene report. There's a drummer. There's a drummer in this band. There's a drummer in our band now. That's, so that's crazy. Cool. Um, we got a. We're playing with a band called N Wolves and Wolves and Wolves and Wolves. What's the venue? And. Yeah, so, and then a band called Good Goo- Good Good Grease and uh, Villain. I see. So, where? Should be fun. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, the, is the, out, hold on, is the, uh, is the uh, um, music available for us to buy yet? I've listened to something on YouTube. I watched a video. I gave it my entire attention. I liked it. 
Yeah, our our drummer went ahead and made a video cutting up a uh, faster pussycat kill or whatever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but uh, HalifaxResolve.bandcamp.com, and on Tuesday we have the newly mastered and wonderful record coming out, and uh, we have shirts available. Nice. What so, what do the shirts look like? Because I'm, I'm I don't, you know I don't care about the band. I just want a cool shirt. Okay. Well, they got the three architects of uh, the Halifax Resolves, the official document, with their eyes crossed out. And it's on a Gildan, you know, like a Bench, fat yeah. soccer kid shirt, right. you know, Gildan <laughs> cut. So it's yeah. like a large, is <laughs> 10 yards long. Yeah, I think my maroon shirt is Gildan and it, it, I wear it like a dress. It's like a nightgown. It's, it fits, yeah. it's weird. It fits like the top half of me fine. And then it's just way long. Yeah, exactly. It's like I buy an extra large and it's like for some reason it's short. But then it's so wide that I could basically like be a channel marker. So, it's- <laughs> oh, everybody, pick that up. Halifaxresolve.bandcamp.com. Uh, dot we'll Pretty that out, thing, you know. He's calling us up and saying, "Oh yeah, shirts are done. We'll have them for the show." And I was like, "Oh, so tonight was the first time I, uh, or last night was the first time I saw him." So, yeah. How you doing? Anyway, how, how you, you guys been? I'm doing good. Yeah. Are, are you still uh, you still uh, cleaning sober there, Steve? You doing okay? Just uh, hit 15 months clean and sober. Nice program. job. Yeah. Good man. Nice. Yeah. Happy for you, bro. Oh, thanks, yeah. I, I had to let my life go to complete ruin to learn my lesson that I shouldn't drink, but this yeah. time it's sticking. That's so, usually how it, it, how, how it has to happen, yeah. So, but Yeah. yeah. Well, getting, getting arrested and getting, uh, you know... A resisting arrest charge and all that other shit didn't really help me either. In the midst of a blackout, that's kind of enough to make me go, you know, I need to take some uh, personal inventory. Yeah, good. Idea. Oh, by the way, Brian, music off. It's four three, not four two. What's wrong with you? Uh, a lot. Four, four three. I apologize. <laughs> Where do we start? I apologize. Get, get I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. All right. Well, I'm not going to hog up your phone line. Someone else probably way more interesting can call in. Unless Keith has something to say, Keith. Barrage, guys. I never have anything to say. I love you all. <laughs> Thank go you, Mets. Thank you, Keith. Let's, <laughs> go is, is, is Keith. Let's go Mets. God bless you guys. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you soon. Hey, I have a question to ask you. Uh, quick. Um, is, yeah, go for is, it. Keith and the drummer. Do they drink? Yeah, they drink. So at at practice, is it like hard, or do they drink? And is it hard for you to be at practice? Oh no, no, no. Uh, no. Actually, like Shows when I finish sticking this time, I still don't have like the desire to drink because. I thoroughly hit the wall very hard right. personally. So it's like, so I still know that like, if I have a drink, it's going to ruin me. Yeah. Even with, even with, even with blacks at our worst moments, we never drank during practice, which is weird. We drank ourselves to death during all the shows, but at practice, we were always sober. Oh yeah. That's yeah. weird. Like <laughs> so, practice to me is like time for have a couple beers with your friends. And that when, when I, I didn't drink for a while. Practice was the, I could eat poker. Wasn't even that hard. It was practice for yeah. you talking for you, about practice. But yeah, for you, practice. It was, it was yeah. practicing drinking on stage. Yeah. Well, you see, the other thing is, is like with with black, <laughs> exactly, we never right. we never really drank at practice, but shows were kind of like karaoke. The drum machine always plays at the same tempo and everything else, so yeah, sure. we would just kind of like phone it in. So I would just get obliterated and play and run on muscle memory, and that's why all of those shows were almost unanimously terrible. <laughs> but then, like with this band, we don't drink during practice, and Keith lives in Florida, so when he gets a chance to be in town. It's just we take everything as seriously as possible. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, I don't I don't mind now. People can people don't ever pay me the courtesy of not drinking around me. And right. it's not about them. They can do whatever they want. It's yeah. about me. So I just don't. No, I was know. just curious. Cool. Just but, curious. 
Yeah. Very good. The and, only uh, time you... it gets the only time it gets weird is uh, like last night we played at this place called uh, Red Dogs, and um, We're talking the, there's about a there's a very man. belligerent drunk guy wanting to buy us drinks and standing in front of the stage and refusing to not buy me a drink, uh. and I'm. I'm like trying to tell him, no, I don't drink. If you have to buy something, get me a fucking ginger ale. Yeah. And then he came back with a ginger ale I didn't trust, so I just kind yeah, of Yeah, definitely there. don't drink that ginger ale. This is going to be, all right, just put us some whiskey in it. This kid will put hair on this kid's ass. He doesn't know. Yeah. Steven, do you do that? Yeah, it's like, no, believe me, I got enough hair on my back from all those years of fucking doing ruthless damage to my body. I don't need another one. But yeah, the show nerves are the thing that's hard to contend with. Like, right now, it's like formally, you know, you you drink, you get rid of your nerves, you go up, you're loose, and it's good. And now I just kind of walk around like a nervous wreck. But when I get on stage, as soon as like 10 seconds into the first song, I know how it's going to go. Right. And it's usually fine. Yeah. So. And then once you get past that, and and I, once you get up there, everything you just got to get past that moment. Right. And then yeah. uh, and I also want to say uh, thank you to you for being like super supportive about it. Hey, John, it's, 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 easy. I know. it's easy for me to do. I'm just, you know, I'm just talking words. That's all I've said you know i mean right but you know it, it, it is kind of nice when you have like you know somebody kind of kind of backs you up because it isn't it's not like it's, it's I'm, i've been lucky because i've been really dedicated to it but a lot of people trip stumble and fall you know and then there's no one there for them to bond with like i've got a couple friends that are like way out of town that they call me when they're chipping and i just you know we just talk and it resolves itself so that's awesome. It's just—it's nice to have a support net, Steve. and you know I've been lucky. So, hey Steve, it's Ryan. I, I just got to tell you, man, I I like you a lot. I and I really like <laughs> well, seeing you do good. You know, I like seeing you. Do of course, well. you always I, I root totally, for Steve. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no matter what it is, uh, just as long as he's a good—he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. No, just be be good to yourself. <clears throat> well, well, thanks, man. Well, you have well, all the—you see the thing. I don't, I'm not going to fully blame like the drinking and everything, but the many years that I just completely, you know, live my life fully abandoned. And the other thing was, is that I fucked over like a lot of good fucking people. I had a lot of like crying fucking breakdown meltdowns with girlfriends and friends. And I put a lot of people in like an uncomfortable position. And I guess I'm trying to in some, like the, the thing about getting sober is, when you get clean, you're like, hey, look, everybody, I'm clean. Everything's going well. And they still remember you pissing on their couch and fucking right. breaking a window and stupid stuff. So it's like there's not really a lot in it for them to be supportive. And then, like I said, you know, I have really close friends that live in the state or that I had at one point that I just fucked over because I was loaded all the time and just didn't care. And, you know, and it's kind of like. It means a lot when someone is still willing to give me a chance because, you know, I hate the fact that I squandered a ton of relationships that I would still love to have, you yeah. know, but there's no making amends. Well, I, know, have, I, I disagree so, with that. I think there, 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 in time there will be. I have the luxury of, you know, you've never done anything wrong to me, so it's easy for me to be like, yeah, yeah. man, I support you. Like, if I'm like, that's the asshole who broke my window, you know, I gotta admit, I'm only human. Right. I might think it was different, you know, that's the guy who came over the one time he was here and pissed all over my couch. Right. You know, and plus, the it. other thing is, is that, like, I've had, I had a couple tries at getting sober that I didn't do right. I didn't work the program right. I didn't take it seriously. And then, you know, just had that drink and then it just led down that path. Right. And the problem is, is that like, you know, you have a couple people that see you and you're like, yeah, I'm sober. And then two nights later, they see you drinking again. And then they're like, I can't fucking 
trust you, you know, and like, I, I don't, they don't take me seriously, but like I said, you know, you get over a year and 15 months with it. And suddenly it's kind of like, you know, people are more like, wow, okay, that's a significant passage of time. And I'm, I'm healthier looking, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Right. Still a barrel ass, but that's all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I still have friends that, that are, uh, you know, uh, that uh, I have a friend who pissed in my candy dish, and I'm still friends with him somehow. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, I just left the piss there, too. More, <laughs> I woke up and I, I almost I almost think that people are more willing to forgive you if you do something like kind of physically wrong, like you piss in a candy dish or break a window <laughs> right. or something like that. I don't even remember buying a candy dish. someone's heart that they get a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think when you you're like, you oh, Christmas. yeah, when you tr- when you say a bunch of bad shit to like someone they love and all that other stuff, it's like, yeah, that's when you've crossed a fucking line that there's no going back. You know, that's scrubbed out with the tide. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't hurt to apologize. Right. You still there, Steve? I'm sorry, it was effort. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. I said it doesn't, you know, in time, you know, the, you could just go go with the apology angle. Say, hey, I'm Adam. I, was, I wasn't myself. I was doing this thing, and I'd like to, you know, make amends, and this is... This is a oh, yeah. and it takes a while. Yeah, and some people are receptive. Like you know, like I said, I, I feel like lucky, blessed, whatever you want to say, that there have been a few people that have come up to me and like allowed me the chance to make an apology. Good, but like I said, but then there's also other times where like you know, like they tell you in the program, if you think you're going to face physical harm, it's best not to apologize. You know, you probably uh-huh. just want to let that person go. Uh-huh. Now, there's a few people in my life that I don't really think they'd take a swing, but they'd be more than justified to do so. Uh-huh. And I don't you're you're going to have to be really it, ready to you know? talk to them. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. Oh. Are you there? There? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Okay, I was good. just listening. All right. Now. Oh, we just we're, hit sorry. a double. Yeah, sorry, we're watching the Mets game here. Uh, runners at the corners at nobody oh. out. All Mets right, up. Right. Oh, the right. runners at second and third, but yeah, nobody out. Mets up four to three. Steve, great to hear from you. I'm glad the audience is happy to hear from you. We're yeah, glad yeah, you're yeah. doing well, man. Yeah, Steve, Have a great show. Really Steve, oh, okay. it sounds like you're doing great. Have a fucking kick-ass show. And happy All right, Hall- thanks a lot, guys. Happy Halloween. And if you come to New York, right. look us up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, we'll be man. we'll be a bunch of guys in a bar drinking. Right. Come uh, here immediately. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun Do for you. The barbecue again. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, sorry to bug you and everything. Love you guys. You got it, man. Uh, us. Let's go Mets. Yeah. Let's go, go Mets. Mets. Thanks, Steve. Right. Thanks for the Love Mets too. support Bye. too. It's fun. Later. There he goes. Has, has he heard of Mario? <laughs> Steve V. Yeah, Steve. Formerly of the band Blacks, and now of Halifax Resolve. Right? Is that what it was called? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's a Halifax one. He sounds great. Yeah, he does. And he sounds like he's doing well. And is he is he back in North Carolina now? I believe he's still there. Yeah, fifteen okay. months sober is a long time. That is a long time. Yeah, That's right. good. Good job, but Steve. Taking care. Uh. Patrick Walsh, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, B? What's up? Hey, Walsh. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Should, should, should this be considered us making it that we have troll in the chat box? Oh, man. This troll's there every week. He's always like some like regular name like Joe or Nancy or Steve. And Patrick. I don't and know. now he's been impersonating Patrick right. throughout the evening. I don't have my chat box open. So what's what's uh, some listeners don't either. What do we have cooking in the box? <laughs> oh no, you got a we got a you got a fake P Wolf J. Oh again? Right? I thought we smushed that chump. I don't know. Well, you, yeah, we did smush that chump, but he must be very clever with all the P addresses. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, he's, he's nefarious. You step on one, and three more to pop up. 
Oh, geez. Well, I don't know. I, I like to, I like to flatter myself and think I speak in my own unique voice. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty easy to tell apart. <laughs> Walsh, <laughs> where are you tonight, Walsh? Right, right now, I'm at home. Oh, how come you're not here? He's in yeah, City Field. Just, Mario took him to the World right? Series. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mario, Mario heard I was a bigger Mets right. fan than you. Yeah. How come you're not here with us right now? I'm not there with you right now because I have a visitor in town. Oh, fair enough. You can yeah, bring... so I have to go to the airport and all that fun jazz. Okay. Will, will you be out Scary later? Scary 10-minute trip, you know? You're going you're gonna to <laughs> go out later for Devil's Night and fuck shit up with toilet paper and shaving cream yeah. and eggs? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I figure, okay. you know what? I'm 41 years old. Why not get locked up for egg and house? <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as Devil's Night. Yes, there... We're lying. <laughs> Never heard of this nonsense. I like how we're interviewing one of our own cast members. No, yeah. He's a guest. <laughs> Well, Patrick, hey, you guys I sound really good on the phone. Well, Patrick, I, I have a this is music off. I have a question. Walsh, oh, yeah. Walsh doesn't believe that when I was growing up, young pants. Well, say, say, yeah, it's you. Yeah. It's only Walsh. It's right. um, <laughs> we had something out here called Devil's Night or Mischief Night, where a bunch of young little kids would go out and just fuck the neighborhood up. We'd bomb with like toilet paper, eggs, shaving cream. And it's your contention that I don't believe this? No, Houlihan doesn't. But uh-huh. did you do you remember this, or did you participate in it? It was an absolute thing where you knew your parents say, "Don't go out; it's Devil's Night or Mischief Night." Dude, I'm afraid my mother my mother might turn up here and beat me up now. <laughs> but, but, you think I'm going out for Mischief Night? No, no. But was it? Do you recall <laughs> it? Here. No, wait, stop. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Do you recall it being a thing? It was a thing. Uh, it was a definite thing. Where the night before Halloween was Mischief Night. I don't know. Like I've always heard tell of it, but I've never experienced it. Our last caller, the you bat know. guy, confirmed it. He lives out in in the middle of uh, Illinois. He confirmed. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe they have it out in the middle of Illinois. They, they had it in Queens. The size of a goddamn car. <laughs> I was pelted by. I still get pelted by eggs, even when it's not Halloween. People so just throw eggs at you randomly. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's musical. Get them. Get them. Oh <laughs> God! Yeah, exactly. Stop it. Uh, I'll tell you this much Stop. though: it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to get. We were talking before. We used to get hit with nair, like the hair removal shit. Instead of shaving cream. Yeah, I think that was that was more urban legend, I think, than anything else, the Nair thing. I'm right. bald now. Brian got hit on the way over here. <laughs> 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 Brian's been shampooing with it. I think, you know what, maybe it was less the myth of it and more more the myth that, that Nair caused permanent hair removal. Right. And so there was always like the one kid in the neighborhood like who had a bald spot and claimed, oh, I got Naired there. <laughs> You're right. Wait, did Al from Happy Days die or today, or is that that happened no. a long time ago? Wait, wait, what? What? what, what? No, right. no, I think he. No, Grandpa? I think he was. He was he's alive already recently. dead, right? No, he's alive recently. I I saw that he was in his. People 90s. in the chat box saying he's dead. Uh, Murray the cop from the Odd Couple. Yeah. I thought he's dead already. He's no, dead. he wasn't. I'm, ah, I'm telling you, recently somehow I came across the news. Finally, somebody alive. died while we're on the air. Was, <laughs> they always Grandpa wait till Al. Saturdays. Wait, 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 wait did Grandpa like Al die recently? Not Grandpa Al. Who? Al from Happy Days. Oh. Grandpa Al died like 20 years ago. I don't know. Whether it's Halloween. Oh, well. Rest in, rest in peace, Al from Happy Days. Uh, yeah, yeah, Grandpa Al's the, pl- the proud father of Daisy. They kind of look kind of look alike. Uh, a little bit. Are you saying all Jewish people look alike to you? I don't know if they're Jew. I thought Grandpa Al's Italian. Grandpa I don't know. Al? I'm just yeah. going <laughs> to... I like when Grandpa used to turn into a bat and then he'd get chased by our previous caller. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> So, Walsh. Fuck the FCC. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> no, Grandpa. No, no Grandpa. No. Oh, man. Walsh, right. are you going to be out and about later, perhaps? Crucified. 
uh, possibly. Okay, guys, we have to clear the line because Tracy, our guest caller, is calling in. All right, you can stay on. We All can, right, we cool. I'll see you guys later. Uh, the show sounds great, uh, even without me. Bye. Hey, Pat, you got, <laughs> you got anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you go to the airport? That's how I say goodbye to people now. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> work. All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. No, you got good. anything you'd like to plug? In the parking lot. <laughs> see, you, see you tomorrow. Good to laugh in the barrage, ladies and gentlemen. All right, thanks, Pat. We'll talk to you later, man. See you. Bye, Wallace. Damn, I should have asked Pat about what happened last night, but I can't talk about it on the air. You don't remember? No, I had nothing to do with me. <laughs> where, where, where were you? Were you guys all out? Yeah, well, we were practicing, and, oh, okay. and then we went to the bar for a drink after practice. Gotcha. Talking about practice. Talk about practice. Perfect timing. Hello. Good evening. Hi, is this Tracy? It is. Right Hi, on. guys. Hey, Tracy. Tracy. Right on time. It's Tracy Wilson the, from Dahlia Seed, Ring Finger, and Positive Note. Thanks for calling in, Tracy. Really appreciate it. The sure. ever, the ever punctual. I know how to read a clock. And first of all, greetings from Richmond, Virginia. Second of all, it's Cabbage Night. I don't know why you're <laughs> calling it. Cabbage Night. Everyone, calm down. Why is it called Cabbage Night, Tracy? Let's explain this to me. That's what it was called in Bergen County, New Jersey. For what reason? Do you know? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Uh, supposedly, it comes from Scotland, and maybe it was also a thing in Ireland. And it was like uh, something about taking cabbages to look at them. Single women were trying to figure out who their future husband would be, and they'd kind of tea leaf read and cabbage heads, okay. and then throw them at doors and run. That that's the the internet story that's floated around. All I could picture is the kids in the hall, but Bruce McCullough with the, as cabbage heads. Oh, right, the cabbage. Oh my cigarette. god! Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cabbage night. This cabbage is a weird night? world, man. What's wrong with everyone? We're reading futures and and it was a. In, in cabbage leaves. It's, this is a crazy in place. In fairness, I think we're talking like 1700s or 1800s or something. But oh, okay, yeah. But it was the night before up, Halloween. You never threw vegetables or anything, but cabbage night was an absolute. You went out after dark and uh, you you threw stuff. <laughs> Cabbages, because they were cheap in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah. Cabbages were a dime a dozen back then. Nobody Me cared. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how so are I, you, Tracy? I can promise you that that is a real thing. So we never called it Mischief Night or what was it? Oh, Devil's, Devil's Night. Night. Yeah. Devil's Night. Yeah. That's, a, that's a real thing. It's, it's like, you know, this all sounds like Shelbyville crap to me. You know what I mean? Like when the, <laughs> the, next, the next town over has some weird thing and you get mad at it irrationally. Okay, that's, not the, that's not the name of it. You guys don't know what you're talking about over there with your yellow fire hydrants and... It's real. Your cabbage right. night. <laughs> Yellow fire hydrants. <laughs> Your turnip tree. Right, right, right. Oh God, the, Tracy, you just got back. You just got back from tour, didn't you? Didn't, didn't I? You? Did. Where? Where? Where'd you play? Uh, let's see. We did. Uh, what was our first night? What I'm you? in a, a very bougie conference room on the 17th floor of a skyscraper in Richmond, and there's like maybe 10 of them here so uh, i'm i've snuck into a location with our guitar player and my better half kenny hey kenny what was our first night of tour i am already forgetting this is what happens when you get old you can't remember you are far uh, from old first oh of all. philadelphia was first okay, yeah Phil, what, what venue was there uh, we did Boot and Saddle. Okay, great venue. Did you see... Uh, Which is amazing. It made me a little homesick for Maxwell's because it's just like a snug little box. Okay, and if I could just tell our listeners, Tracy's band that just got off tour is a band called Positive No. 
and your record just came out what recently, like a month or two ago, right? Uh, September 18th. Oh, September, okay. Fairly recent. Uh, I was yeah. listening to this stuff's like right up my alley. I'm not making that up for the radio. I'm, I really dig You're it. just saying that. No, thanks. I'm not. I like <laughs> it. I'm into it. I don't know how I missed Dahlia Seed growing up as uh, listening to Archers of Loaf and all those bands. I, I mean, yeah, before, how the hell did I miss? And it wasn't just a Jersey thing. These guys were all over. Yeah. Yeah. We were superstars in Strong Island. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Satan, Satan Island. Uh, and any popularity we had in New York, I'm pretty sure it came from Garden Variety. So that's right, Tracy. You know Joe Gorelick, don't you? All too well. See, yeah, he was. Yeah, he guest of ours. <laughs> yeah, we had him on two weeks ago. You can hear that episode uh, next year. I'll right, we'll get <laughs> yeah, it up. Say, I've been waiting to listen to it and it hasn't been posted yet, I've gentlemen. Been, I'm, I'm sorry, it's John. all my fault. And then you know, it, it, when I was about to like uh, edit it, where I didn't, I couldn't find the time. I'm like. And music offs ask me when it's going to be up. I, I'm like, I'm like saying to myself, you know, I'm, I do a lot. I'm, I'm on my own time. You know, I'm not going to let somebody tell me when to put the show up. I didn't tell you to do it. I I'm know. I'm quiet. saying I was being completely irrational, and just uh, that's the way I rationalized to myself. And I've been <laughs> doing it for two weeks. Shit, I'll do it. <laughs> well, I'll I take wait care with bated breath for it. I'm looking forward to hearing the show. Thank you. you, you I've you, been in a funk. I've been in a funk. It's fine. Well, we're here. We're here. Oh, buddy. Yeah. It, the, do we need to talk about some stuff? Are you okay? Tell him, Trey. Uh, uh, I don't know if <laughs> uh, you know. I'm not okay. But <laughs> here's Tommy Rockstar wearing a fake beard. He's dressed as the brawny <laughs> man. Tracy, right. one of our cast members just walked in late and he's dressed as the brawny man <laughs> he's the brawny he's got an man. axe and everything My oh. God. Hubba, hubba. were yeah. we supposed to dress up <laughs> i didn't dress up i can't believe you guys aren't dressed up what the fuck <laughs> he's, he's speaking through a knit beard <laughs> he's got a knit beard a, knit a roll beard, of brawny roll of paper brawny. towels and an axe and he's, he's wearing suspenders and a flannel no pants. shirt. I feel like no a total pants. fucking chooch. I'm the only one dressed up. What the well, fuck? I don't know. So beyond, I'm Elmer Fudd. What the fuck? You're Elmer Fudd. Uh, Tommy, we're interviewing I'm Tracy Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, Tracy. Tracy. Wait, tra Tracy. <laughs> You're not driving around with an axe. Hi. Are you? Right. I got to be honest, knowing <laughs> that this is taking place in Queens, yeah. and even though I've grown up in the Northeast, I've been in Richmond for 14 years now. Wow. And my only association to Queens is King of Queens. So now I'm just picturing you all That's what we're as like. in soft pants and, you know, sports shirts right. and um, crappy beer. Right. And my crappy beards. Well, my <laughs> father-in-law lives in the basement. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, <laughs> great beer. That church, that church does not represent Queens. That's all I gotta say. True. And not to me, that show launched Patton, too, or helped launch Patton. That's Patton true. Oswald, too. I never. I don't think I've seen one episode of King of Queens. <laughs> not more than <laughs> ten minutes of it. It's How could you not? It. It's always it. on TV. Always. I know, but I always and I always change the channel because I know it's not funny. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way this could be funny. Yeah. And the funny thing is when you mention that, and uh, you know, we all go to the Mets games, and we're watching the Mets in the World Series currently. And I know uh, you were kind of worried about the sports thing, but they he always comes up on the on the screen. Uh, that guy, what's his name? Kevin James. Kevin James. Paul mm. Paul mm. Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he gets he he gets up there and he's like screaming, "Let's go Mets!" on the screen, and I'm like, "Oh God, here we go again with this guy." Hey Tracy, you were in Dahlia Seed. Yeah, you're late, it's Tommy. Yeah, I know that. I'm just. <laughs> uh, yeah. Know. All right, and so, um, did we ever play together? Tell her what band you were in. Well, that's where she asks. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, which band were you in? We were. I was in a band called Latex Generation. We might have played. We might have played together at the either the Wetlands or the PWAC. I was gonna say maybe PWAC. Yeah, that's that's where I would guess. Yeah, when I'm did, not sure if we ever played Wetlands. 
No? All right. I've been to plenty of shows there, but I don't know if we ever played there. We maybe did like a matinee or something once. And and when did you guys break up? What year was that? Or did you? 96. It was the same year, actually, that Garden Variety broke up. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's I've always like tethered you two together, so that's why. Weird. We are really one of the same. <laughs> yeah, weird. You guys were like uh, uh, sister bands, kind of, touring around. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I think between them and Weston, they were probably the two bands we played with the most. Now, I noticed that you, you had commented uh, when I posted about West, Weston. Have you guys ever played with those guys before? Oh, yeah. She just uh, you mean with Beach Flying? Well, no, well, no, no, no. well, with Weston, did you guys play a lot of shows together with Weston? A ton. A ton, like, right. Okay, right. Yeah, right. I, too many to even count. I don't know if you know, but they're, they re- were, they're reuniting and they're playing over at the Webster Hall in uh, December. I don't know if you're coming out for that. I have been watching closely to figure out which show I should try to come to. Because, well, though I have to say I'm a little torn because Chuck's not in the band anymore. Yeah. And for me, the lineup has to include Chuck. Well, That's just uh, my my thing. But I definitely really, really want to see him. It was really nice. It was sort of, I was spoiled to see um, Beach Lang for two days and hang out and reminisce and and talk about Weston stuff, and he was kind of filling me in on, on what was going on at Fest. So sure. I'm a little jealous. I wish I could be at Fest. Yeah, me too. They're all down there right now. Weston's That's, playing on Sunday, yeah. and they're playing tonight. I, I remember Late Tech Generation used to always play with Weston, and uh, Tommy he was good friends with Dave Weston, and every time he'd introduce uh, Dave to us, he'd be like, this is my friend Dave Weston of Weston. <laughs> wow. Like every time. This is, it's Dave Weston of Weston. We're like, well, we know. All right. Speak- his last name is Weston. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I don't Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't know how close you are to Dave, but I have some actually really exciting news. Dave texted me this morning, and nobody knows this, but that he is expecting his first child. Yay, Dave. There you go. That's really cool. Dave Weston of Weston having a little Weston. That's right. Yeah. Oswald Toff. Exciting <laughs> there you go. Hey, Now, Tracy, I, guys, I know Tracy back from, uh, this is Brian, by the way. I know Tracy back from when she worked in Hoboken at the best record store called Pure Platters. And Great record store. Right. You could find all sorts of crazy seven inches it in that place, was man. In- I cleaned up in there. Incredible. Now, Trace, did you start working there? You started working there post Dahlia Seed, and then did you ultimately wind up in Seattle? Uh, no. So I went to Seattle first, and then uh, things with Dahlia Seed kind of picked up to a point where it was too hard to keep flying back for shows. I didn't know this. All right. Yeah, and then, uh, unfortunately, my oldest brother, Pete, passed away, and so uh, I came home for his funeral and sort of pieced together that I should probably be living back on the East Coast again. So my boyfriend at the time and I moved, uh, we actually kind of couch surfed. So I was Yellow Tango's cat sitter for mm-hmm. while they were in Europe for like <laughs> three weeks or something, four weeks. Um, Lyle Heisen, I lived at his house while he was uh, maybe doing a Dostamin tour. His birthday's uh, tomorrow. Bill, who owned Pier Platters, I yep. lived at his apartment while he was on tour of Sonic Youth. So uh, I just kind of floated around um for most of 96 and then when i finally could afford my own apartment right. and dahlia seed uh, was done by this point right yeah and dahlia seed ended in 96 right. so that was when i was like all right cool i have only worked at record stores that is my skill set so uh dorian yeah, hooked me dorian. up with a job at Pure platters, but I mean, I pretty much knew Otis and everybody anyway, Odio. just from shopping there. That's, that's Otis Ball on the chains, by the way. It's true, yeah. I'll and then, um, 
I guess I was there to the bitter end, so the last, like, year or so. I can't remember what... I can't it, either. I it closed down pretty quickly thereafter, I so I, I feel like I worked there less than a year. Okay, well, I think it's 88, 80, uh, and I'm sorry, 98, 99. What year did they close? We can't remember. I'm sure the internet could tell us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do that later. Oh, I have we, a big have research a department here. I have seven guys here. Not one of them has a fucking computer open or anything. Right, <laughs> right. No, I, don't, I don't tonight. Hello? Hello? Hi, yes. we're here. Hi, we're here. There you are. Okay, got us. Uh, and then when Pure Players went under, I ended up working at Caroline Distribution, the music distro. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, wait. I bet. I wonder if you know Woody. Do you know Chris Woody McDermott? No, I don't know. He oh, might have been before it. my I time, maybe. Yeah, Chris Woody. But I did work there for 12 years. Believe me, you'd know him. If, 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 if you, yeah, <laughs> you, would, you would know. Tracy, was Lyle Presslar there when you were there? He was just on his way out as I was coming in. Okay. Lyle yeah. from Minor Threat worked at Caroline. Do you guys know that? Yeah, Woody knows him too. Woody. Huh. Woody I think Woody worked in like the warehouse or something. Which <laughs> <laughs> room? Where was Caroline's base? It was, well, we moved around, but 26th Street was for a while, and then 29th Street was the other office. But I think for a long time it was somewhere in Soho before it got super expensive. Who was the guy who worked at Caroline who became like an army dude? You guys know what I'm talking about? What? And then, like, I gotta, I gotta do my research. Sergeant I'll Smith come back then? to this. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> I don't know. This guy's got a crazy story. That's all I know. Maybe I'm mixing up. I'm so curious. I have no idea who that would be. I'll have to Google Caroline Army dude later when yeah. I get off the air. <laughs> so. so. Tracy. I'm terrified to see what that search would actually bring. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> don't don't Careful. image search that. <laughs> yeah. You just played our friend John. You just played John Solomon's show, did you not? Oh yeah, I saw that. We did. Yeah, I I met Solomon. I guess mainly just because we have a obsession, friendship, love of silkworm. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then when I lived yeah, in Silkworm. Seattle and didn't have a home, I housed it for Tim of Silkworm. Of course. Tim it sounds like I was homeless Tim, for Tim, a lot Tim. of the 90s. I swear I did have apartments, but for, <laughs> for quite some time, I, I was a house sitter for Silkworm Trace, and their we, cat. Right. Oh, wow. That's nice. We, uh, Tim we, uh, Tim's a great guy. Tim and yet We have seen Max. We have seen. Uh, so you and I, Tracy, we have seen Silkworm destroy Maxwell's. Yes, that, and oh brownies too. I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And brownies, and uh, Michael Dahlquist lives every time we play his records. He's right there with us, man. So good. Absolutely, yeah. So good. So. Still Tim's one of got- the hardest hitters I have ever ever seen. Yeah. Like I couldn't stand in the first oh, like couple of rows because you'd flinch because <laughs> you'd, you'd get drumstick right, uh, right, drumstick right. splinters. <laughs> I thought you said drumstick. Directed like small darts right. at you. When someone plays so hard, you get drumstick. I thought that's what you said. Oh, I'm drumstick. I got to take a few rows back. I don't know if you guys know about uh, Tim's got a pretty cool new band called Mint Mile, and they're good. Nice. Check them out. Yeah, I, I was a huge Bottomless Pit fan too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm basically a. Uh, a huge fan of anything those guys do. I love uh, all Joel's solo stuff and um, uh, Andy's solo stuff. They're all just so crazy talented. It's such a they're uh, inspiring uh, dudes. Interesting guitar player. Really, the way he approaches the uh, instrument is like it's really weird and beautiful. So their spacing between each other is unbelievable. It's like nobody 
plays on top of each other. They all are great listeners to what each one of them is doing. Yeah. They are definitely a big influence on, on what we do. You, it, we don't sound like them, but... I think I keep that in mind when I write stuff, for sure. Right. right. We're going to play that later. And, and I don't, songs. but uh, someone came up to me, I think um, more than one person, and said that my band sounded like Silkworm. And I, uh, this is what, like, Silkworm was another band that passed me by, and I didn't get into into, into later in life. Like, That's I what kinda, records are for. It's never I, too late. They're not the easiest band to get into, and... Uh, I was like, wow, that's Liber- cool. I'll take that. Libertine, my friend, all you need. No, I, I, listen, you don't have <laughs> to tell Libertine me. is definitely the best starting spot. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Hot damn. I'm so, all in. Yeah. Hey, Tracy, so after Dahlia Seed, you moved down to North, North Carolina. Uh, oh, Virginia, I'm sorry. So, you moved down so, to Virginia. Um, after Dahlia Seed, I was still living in Hoboken, mm-hmm. and then I ended up uh, meeting somebody and falling in love and moving into his apartment in Stytown on 18th and 1st. Okay. And so, uh, and we eventually got married and stuff, and I lived there until 2001. Right. And we did a band together briefly called Souvenir. Um, oh, my we had- goodness. I forgot all about Souvenir. I <laughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on my whiskey. That's you went too high with your voice. That happened. <laughs> oh that's, that's how you know, Tracy. That's how you know it's me talking. Oh it's, I'm all up See, here. It's Brian like, Musical. I'm all up here. <laughs> I got me balls in the we voice. Had, uh, the, well, our first drummer was technically William from Sunny Day. Yeah. And he uh, was kind of visiting the East Coast a bunch, but obviously he had lots of bigger and better things to be doing with his time. So, uh, Darren from Dahlia Seed ended up drumming with us. And had John Aries that was in Merrill. Yeah, of course. Um, Merrill's a great band. We grew he, up with he was in the band. And then Joyce from Scarce oh, yeah. was in the band. Absolutely, totally. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then Barry, my my first ex-husband, and me. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really record anything. We had some demos and stuff. And then when he and I split up, I moved to Richmond. Okay. And, and that's where Ring Finger started. Right, which is why I was asking you. I want to talk to you about Ring Finger, which was such a, a departure from Dahlia Seed for you. It was, it was almost a, um, a, I guess the most easy comparison to make would be Bjork. Oh, it's totally my poor man Bjork record, yeah. <laughs> right, but, but I listened to uh, the track you sent me before the show, and... Uh, I don't think I've cried before a show before, but I was pretty close. That was a really tough time for me. I had lost uh, another brother passed away, and then both Jesus. my parents passed away within like a year of okay, each other. God. This I didn't know. All right. Yeah, and uh, I had gone through a, you know, a divorce, uh-huh. and I, I really didn't have very many friends here in Richmond. I was working from home, so I was super lonely. And the only way I could sort of channel my grief in any sort of positive way was to make that record. Okay. And I didn't have the skill set to home record. I didn't really have a studio. So I had all these really, like, goofy demos. And Stephen Brodsky from Caven yep, you've had- uh, was kind enough to kind of walk me through the process of turning it into a record. More than Stephen. You had a lot of help, a lot of, not help, but you've had a lot of guests on that record, didn't you? I did. I had guys from Engine Down and Denali, yep. um, Rex that was in, I guess, Jessamine and Sun for the first record, I yeah, think. Yeah, who were big fans of um, that. I sent John the, the song that we have queued for you, which everyone everyone listening, will get to hear it after this call. We have um, Viking Ship, which is my pick off that album. 
Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, a, Viking, a Viking funeral. funeral. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. And <laughs> my, my dad friend Nathan did that with me. Um, <laughs> that is definitely my my favorite. But okay, mine too. It's almost one of those records. Like I don't know if I could sing them those songs anymore. And I feel that way about Dahlia Seeds. I think the problem when I choose really intimate personal things, and if I want to sing about them the way that I think is the right way to. It's not necessarily, it's very cathartic, and it's not something I really want to revisit again makes 10 years sense. later. Right. It, it, right. it hurts. Also, yeah, it's yeah. down, and you've been there, and you've done that, and it's recorded, it's set in stone already, so it's nice to move on. I think that positive no is closer to Dahlia Seed than uh, Ring Finger, obviously. So does it, does it, do you have comparisons like that? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's never, it, to me, it doesn't sound the same, but I think because... Ring finger, I sing in a much more hushed voice. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm belting more again, and it's a bigger voice, I think people just associate that with Dahlia Seed. Yeah, but I, I guess because I wrote some of the Dahlia Seed songs that that writing style, I really I don't play guitar a lot, so I don't think my technique has really advanced over the last 15 or 20 years. So basically I'm still just a crappy songwriter. So every time somebody no, says no, that no, 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 no. we you sound very nineties, it's no. just because I haven't progressed. I, I, you know, stop. I, I you feel stop. the exact same way. I mean, I, <laughs> I stop the song. The songs I write now, are like uh, there's there's like literally no progression. To any of them. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds, I'm like shit, man. It sounds exactly like a song I wrote 15 years ago. Like exactly, am I just this lazy or do I just suck? And uh, you know, what's one or the other? Well, Tracy, I well, saw the good you. news is it's popular right now, so yeah, you're is. in. Oh right, I'm back. It's full circle, <laughs> baby. <laughs> every every five years, right? Uh, yeah, so you get just the, like uh, the mess, you are back. Right. Yes. Every thirty. Years. But I did there. Look at me talking sports. Baseball, <laughs> all sports. Right. Ball. So what do you what do you think? Uh, we should, what do you think we should do in this lineup? Go righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Or, <laughs> um, <laughs> <do you? laughs> all I know is that the emblems on their outfits that look but like the World Series thing, it just looks like somebody stuck a puppy sticker on the side of their, their uniform. Right. <laughs> Shiny. I'll tell you what all yeah. this stuff is, all these patches and emblems and shirts is all just to sell more garbage to everybody. Because hey, that's what it is. It's not garbage, it's precious well, merch. It is. You, it's, yeah. you're, like, you already have a Mets hat, but now you have to have a Mets hat with the World Series patch on the side of it. Tommy it's another Rockstar. 35 bucks. Tommy, 40, you, you weren't here for this. $45 Mets t-shirts. I heard, I heard on their air. That's pretty That's pretty crazy town. That's a good markup there on the merch tip. <laughs> it's good merch tip. Tommy likes the, <laughs> Tommy likes the merch know, markup. He's a t-shirt it. guy. It, Tracy, Tommy has a, a, a merch... A, a merch company? Uh, merch biz. A marketing business. Yeah, yeah merch marketing so he, business. He does Come on, get in it. That's why you have such handsome Sorry, baseball. <laughs> baseball, Tracy. Sorry. Uh, Tracy, do you get a... Yeah, I mean, I'm, you've been around for a long time. I, I don't mean that. Like, I, that came out wrong. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, you've been in no, a it's cool. Scene. I'm totally old. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the <laughs> entire time you get the unfair comparisons to... Uh, other bands, just because you're a woman, you know, wow, you guys sound like uh, Sleet or Kinney, or you guys sound like this band or that band, or that just because just because you're a woman. I mean, it's got to be uh, it's got to be sickening and annoying. It is. I think one of the happiest days of my life was pretty early on in Dahlia Seed. I can't remember who it was that reviewed the record, but they compared us to Seaweed, and it was the first time in any review that somebody re- referred to me to or compared me to a male singer. Right. And it was like. Someone compared you to Thank Aaron. Fucking goodness! Finally, Aaron. So far, I can't see. I, I love the both of you. I cannot see you sounding anything like Aaron 
was it Stouffer? Sofer? What's his name? Uh, Seaweeder? Is it, Chauffeur? Call him Aaron Seaweed, like punk Aaron. rock did. Aaron. <laughs> I just say Aaron Seaweed. Yeah. He was the one member who never stayed at my house. The rest of the guys did. So oh, okay. I, I'm going to say that I don't know his name just because he's never really spent quality time in my life. But um, I should probably know how to pronounce his last name. Sorry. Are pe- Aaron pe- S. People are still doing that to you like every time, right? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I'm not a woman, obviously, and it would drive me nuts. Every, hey, you know, it's it Tracy Seaweed. <laughs> I think now the thing that drives me crazy, and I should preface this by saying that I really love Rainer Maria. They're a band I absolutely uh-huh. adore uh-huh. as Local. people and as as songwriters. But I get compared to them a lot, hmm. and it's sort of like, but I I did that first. I know they it. they were big. In, they were really into Dolly Seed early on, so it's sort of like, but. It's the other way around, but it's not even worth like to a 22-year-old. Who who cares? I'm just excited that anybody's listening at all to anything I'm doing. So yeah. if, they, if they want to misconnect my influences, whatever, that's cool. Right. Who are your influences? Then? Do you have any uh, legitimate uh, rock heroes? Right. back As Dahlia Seed was forming, which was something really different for our area, what was cooking as far as, aside from the obvious like Fugazi and all that kind of, what was cooking with you guys? Well, I think Rites of Spring will always be a biggie for me, but anything uh, Rick, Pitchfork, Jehu, um, yeah. I think the two people that made me really want to play guitar was Doug from the Tree People, which oh. is now built a yeah, still. Yeah. yeah. You sure it wasn't yeah. Dolly Parton or uh, Linda Ronstadt? <laughs> yeah, you girly girl. Or Sleater Kinney's? John Chad, maybe? Juice Newton? Tracy, she spent a lot of time in, in a van with a bunch of bros. That's what this phone call is, right? You're, you're in the exact same place, Tracy. I am, you're in the I fucking van right now. I am super at home. This you're is, in the stinky... I spent six weeks in a tour van with five or six right. dudes. So. It's sweaty, definitely less farty in here, though. Sweaty bro ass. You're in that van right now. Oh, I was going to ask you that, too. Does it get... I mean, are you sick of the tour? I mean, you still got. You just came back from a tour. I mean, it, it's. It was go. only a week long, so and you know, as grown-ups, you just approach it so differently, right? And um, you have like you've organized who you're going to stay with before you even head out. You make sure you have enough money for gas. I mean, it's just cell phones. Just having a cell phone alone with GPS. We were laughing about. How like complicated directions are so much easier when you have a GPS. Totally. Like, oh, how yeah. would we have gotten to this guy's house had we not had cell phone telling us how to get there? I see, I see At three the in the morning, you're exhausted. Half your band is drunk. You're all just sort of you know trying to figure out like getting. I think it was in Queens we were trying to get to, and we don't know our way around there. Oh. So it was like, it, it was. Uh, we stayed with the austerity program. Yeah, we know gentlemen. them. Well. Yeah, we know them well. Oh yeah! Oh, Justin and uh, Justin and uh, Thad. The, the BC. And by yeah. the way, and by the way, you gotta make a left on conduit, all right? Uh, <laughs> Justin, uh, <laughs> we we've had so, Justin on know, a couple times. Like He's a great guy. Those kinds of things we didn't. I mean, there were like these walkie-talkie things you would hold up to pay phone receivers to make the sound of quarters dropping. Oh my so you god! You could oh, trick wow. the system to make 
free phone call. No, right. what? Yeah, I remember I that. Yep. I remember that. Remember that? Like yeah, it was like a grifters. What? Eighties, nineties thing. Yeah, it's like a, a slug that you put into a video game. I want to get this free game of Pac-Man. Well, they're actually, actually, they're actually there were two ways to do it. One way was to get a, a friend with a dialer who would just like rig this dialer. You buy sure. a Radio Shack, and another way is you could take a paper clip and unwind it and put it into the center right. of the receiver. Right, John? Yeah. Okay. You would. Un- you would uh, oh, I didn't know that one. That's cool. That's a good one. So that's, that's how to hotwire a payphone. Yep. You would. Uh, you would take the uh, paper clip and like uh, you know straighten it out and configure it in a way. You would stick it like in the middle of the numbers. Yep. And, and it would. You get a free oh, wow. call, and then oh, next oh, thing you know, real. you got a bag of weed. That's when they they stopped uh, having the payphones call back because the cops were onto it. They're like, all right, no more calling back payphones because everybody had beepers and you would beep a guy, look, you know, with like, I don't know, 911 and a fucking picture of a bag of weed or something. Sky paper. Tracy, could you could you could you believe how we all toured before? Like we were on like MapQuest printouts or even before that. Like, oh, I think this was even before. I, I really like we put an ad. I think in Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah, it was like, hey, we have a record out. And we would like to tour. You should write us a letter yep. so we life. can play your basement. And yeah. people actually wrote letters, and then yeah. we'd write them back or call them. And then you know, seventy percent of the time it worked out, and then occasionally, like every seventh or eighth show, you'd pull up to some town, and the kid would be like, oh man, was that tonight? Right. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it could call some friends. Oh, I Sorry. can't tell you how many times I've heard oh, that line. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. We've all been there. But the point is, like, you had a tour using a roadmap system, which can you believe we've gone through this? I yeah. like using the, the the paper map. I really do. Yeah. If you have I, a, I, a Garmin, why the fuck not? Yeah, you have a guy sitting next to you, and I you just, use the navigator, and you call it a day, or, or a woman. I just can't believe my... <laughs> Sorry. Nice Sorry. Thank you. Not I, saved, boys, I, saved my, I saved myself. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, just I still believe- say sound guy and kick myself every time I say that. Yeah. Like, it's a sound person. It's not a sound guy. No, sound chick. They're all animals, except for like one guy. There's like one good, <laughs> one nice sound person in the world. I, I think I've met two of them. You know, all right, Maxwell's had a great sound guy. Who's- Andy. Well, which, which one? Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, well, Andy, yeah, but we had many. Which one? And the dude at, uh, I don't know which guy it was. I, we left our symbols there one time, and he was like, oh, I have them. I said, put them on the side for you like two days later. What, like, what did he look dude. like? Wait, what did he look like? I don't remember. We opened for Sebado, and uh, it was not. It was like three or four years ago. Okay, so. your sound guy was probably Adam or Carson. He was like the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Maybe yeah. that helps you. I don't know what his name was. Yeah. Was, he, was he a bald? Looking dude, dude. I don't remember what happened yesterday. All right, I, Fair I, I have no Sorry. idea. Tracy, we have we have Tracy Wilson. Hey, Tracy, <laughs> you with the us, other Tracy? guy? Was the guy at? Uh, I was uh, actually just thinking Sorry, about dude. the CBGB sound guy. Yeah, and think about that poor guy's job because there would be like ten bands every night playing. Yeah, and most of them were terrible. Except for the occasional like proper bill that got booked there, yeah, it was like a high school talent night most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, Monday they afternoon, <laughs> Monday, uh, what is it called? Show- showcase or something? Whatever that that scam was. Right. You're, you're, oh my god, and, and brutal. People, right, right. And then people question the demise of CBGBs. Where I couldn't tell you before they started doing the farewell shows. I couldn't tell you the last show I'd been to. Like, yeah, no, to that. I, I stopped shit. going there. Oh, really? I think I saw a lot of great metal shows there and, um, like, a lot of Hydrahead kind of bands. Yeah. I feel like for hardcore and, like, when the metal hardcore thing happened, that was the stuff I was going to, but I don't... I stopped going to indie rock type shows there. I mean, it'd be, like, CMJ crap or whatever, but... I think Austerity Program is on Hydrahead and uh, Oxbow, right? 
Oxbow. It's Oxbow. true. Yeah. yeah. I we saw, had Eugene Robinson on the show too. And he, I wanted to. We, he was on the phone. I wanted him to come in and fight us, but uh, he, he wasn't in town. I wanted to just He's fight, lucky. fight all seven of us at the same time. Too, you know? He's lucky. <laughs> that guy's there. a tough guy, man. Hey, so Tracy, today finds you in a band called Positive No, and you're in with your special someone who's with us right here. What's his name? Kenny. Kenny. Yes, he's sitting across from me right now. Well, hi, tell Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him. Our speakerphone, I'm, I'm sort of hovering over the speakerphone. All righty. Kenny, I saw you play at the former Brownies, which is now called Hi-Fi. You guys were great. And what do you have? You have a new record that came out in September, and you guys going to hit the road again anytime soon? What's cooking? We are working on a new record. I think, you know, for anybody who's a grown-up with full-time jobs, it becomes really hard to tour more than, like, a week or two it's like whatever vacation time you have and because we're also a couple it's sort of a fine line between like how do we have a weekend to ourselves and no touring for three days is not couple time so um you know everybody's trying to be responsible adults and use vacation to do their personal things but then using a week or two to do music stuff so we just did almost what 20 dates in two months Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're just going to actually take the winter to write a new record as quickly as possible. Okay. Nice. It's good to have a plan. Yeah. Do you, you want to play some uh, Tracy's music soon? I do. I have it all queued up, my friend. Cool. Tracy, what? Uh, anything you want to pitch or suggest before we uh, cut you off? <laughs> God, I have like 90 things I do. Let's see. Well, I lost my job today, so if oh. somebody... somebody <laughs> 20-some years of music experience. Good. Uh, I uh, Grab have a fine resume here. to offer. What was, your, what was the job? Yeah, doing what? Oh, I worked for the oldest active music instrument company in the world called Honer. H-O-H-N-E-R. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. They make a nice harmonica. I like that. It's true. I worked on the fretted side, so I worked with ukuleles and guitars and the children's like learning music instrument line. Right. John so Poppin. they uh, got purchased by another company and moved to Nashville, and I did not want to move to Nashville, so they shut down the Richmond office, and for most of us, today was the last day. Uh, John, oh, it's, uh, did John Popper ever come in for a fitting? <laughs> uh, he is actually a sensitive subject because he left us for a different company. Oh, they had a, he had uh-huh. a better bandolier. So we, don't, we don't say his name in our office anymore, and I won't say what... There's a lot of stickers with his face on it. And look how great he's doing now. I heard that guy's always carrying around like giant knives and stuff, too. He's a nut. (laughs) Worse, he got in trouble for fucking gun-toting. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He's a little little off. Down down in Prince Trump. He had the bandolier of harmonica. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I want to come in for a fitting. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm looking for work. I have a record label called Little Black Cloud Records. That's right. Little Black Cloud. How could I forget to pitch that? I apologize. Tracy runs Little Black Cloud. Uh, how many bands are on the roster uh, presently? Um, the only really active band is ours, although I did a Dune Buggy record, and they now play under the name Unbutton. Right. Right. It's John Procopio. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember Adam from Born Against, Adam Mason. Yep, yep. And Marty Key, that now plays with Teddy Leo. They had a band back in the day called Tear Gas Rock. And it had never come out. It was supposed to come out on maybe Lookout, and then the band broke up. This was, like, right after Young Pioneers broke mm-hmm. up, they uh-huh. did Tear Gas Rock. And then when that record never came out, I 
found out about it. I was like, oh, I'll put that out. And they've actually been playing some shows again. So it, no way. I guess they have a handful of new songs, but I can't say they're really like an active band. Nice. It's impossible to run a record company now, yeah, even a small one. It's, it's really hard, right? Oh, it's the worst idea ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no money in it for the record labels, no money in it for the band. And it's, uh, you know, actually, now that you mentioned that, Justin from an austerity program, who you mentioned earlier, has a new record label called uh, Controlled Burn Records. And they put out like two bands. And, you know, since Hydra had closed up, they put out a stereo program. They put out a band called Nonagon from Chicago. And I don't know how those guys even, like, you know, ever even even stay afloat. The Latest Flame just closed up. You, you ever hear that record company? Yeah. Oh, they closed shop. Yeah. Dan from Latest Flame was, was they just closed like last week. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Right. Yeah, it's pretty much a guaranteed way to burn through your bank account. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, if the band's not touring and making a lot of money, I mean, you're pretty much screwed. A lot of these record labels, one band will keep the label afloat, and the rest, you know, mm. I, it's just hard. I I don't envy that position yep. at all. You really have Thanks to be. Thanks for doing. Um, it. You're all in bands. You know how hard it is to actually get any traction. Yeah, it's like a miracle if your band is popular. So to be a label lucky enough to have one of those bands, it's like yeah, it's even harder. Uh, I've never been that that fortunate person. I mean, I'm still super proud of all the records I've put out, but rolling in in money, I am not. <laughs> when you were were you guys on Caroline when you worked there, or you were never on Caroline? Or for for distribution? Yeah, the the only label that really Dolly Seed did stuff. Well, I mean, there was like a theologian, but Mike from Troubleman Records yeah, put out our sure, or some of our stuff, Mike, and then Mike, Simon, um, Mike Simonetti, right? Ron, yeah. And then uh, Surefire Ron put out our final discography. Okay. But there's like some odd seven inches floating around, and our first ten inch, I think, was on Jaeger Legs or something. <laughs> Is it frustrating when you're working at Caroline every day and you're on, you can't get your own band like signed to it? <laughs> We're not even signed to it. D- distributed. Right. They're a huge distributor. So. I mean, I guess in theory we had. They weren't exclusive. They were non-exclusive that we got through Mordam, I think, at the time. So we had our records, but you know, when you're selling the Chemical Brothers or Fat Boy Slim or the Get Up Kids, like whatever the trend of the moment was, yeah. <laughs> you know, you weren't talking about your stuff. Yeah. I think the really the only cool hit within my little world was Daniel was doing Jet Set records. He was like a, I can't remember his job was retail promotion or whatever. And he had just started a band and we're like, oh, that's cute. Good luck with that. And it ended up being Interpol. Yeah, They're really the only person in band I could think of okay. in that world that uh, exploded to something genuinely. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to take a pass. Right. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to get into opinions here, but we certainly have them. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a swing not, and a yeah. miss. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to. So. Hey, down in Richmond, and I know they're on tour right now, but do you guys have the full-on guar experience? Did you go to the guarbecues and stuff like that? Guarbecues. <laughs> <for, like, laughs> yeah. We have one better. They opened up a bar and oh, restaurant that's right. here. That's right. Is it open already? Oh, yeah. It's actually been open for almost a year. It's called Guar Bar, and uh, it's going to sound like a mini commercial. Uh, Kenny, how often would you say we eat there? <laughs> like once every couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, whenever I get excited, my voice go- is my voice getting high pitched again. Yeah. Yeah. They have amazing vegan Isolate. food. Like you wouldn't expect this to be like a super meaty place, but What's it called? they have great vegetarian and vegan stuff. They have a couple of their own beers, which are pretty great too. Guar blood is is. 
delicious. Um, <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool. It's sort of like a what's the the rock and roll Wait, so it's restaurant a, chain? Hard Rock? Guy Fieri's? Yeah, it's like imagine the Hard Rock Cafe done in a respectful, cool way for a smaller band. Man, I can't even play right. the Ryan game correctly, and here I am. I pulled up Hard Rock. Like, oh, Hard Rock! <laughs> like the shittiest, the <laughs> shittiest of fucking places. Oh, it's thing. terrible. The one, I don't even know. Are they still, still a thing? There, I don't yeah, even know. If I don't know. They, they suck. No, I think um, it's the... Uh, the, what it, not playing Hollywood. Um, Guy Fieri. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, no, exactly. no, no, no. Oh, now I'm failing the Ryan. Keith game. Richards, uh, gourmet Smoke kitchen. House of Blues. House of Blues. Oh, House, House of, of Blues. Blues. I went to the Hard Rock Cafe, Cafe once in my life, and Al Roker cut the line. bastard. <laughs> 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 there was a big line, and he cut the line. And from that, every time he's on TV, that was like 25 years ago. I still get angry. Before the stomach stable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was definitely, so definitely pre-stomach stable. I highly recommend coming to Richmond. For Guar Bar alone, we've got like six pretty decent record stores, five great record stores. Nice. More than any small city normally would Listen, ever have. Listen, we live in New York, and there's not six great record stores at all around here anymore. She knows. Used to be. What about Loincloth? Do they still play? Do they have a meat grinder at the Guar Bar? <laughs> They have blood splattered through the front door going to the kitchen, so it looks like they drag something in. Right. You could pick from That's the other patrons. You're like, I'll take the Steve, and they take a, one of the guys and throw him in the meat grinder, and that's your burger. Yes. Um, yeah. Loincloth is, I think, maybe finishing up a record, and actually their sideband gauchiste, which is more like experimental, is a record I put out on my label. So it's... It's creepy, spooky, soundtracky, rather than the like insane math metal. It is Halloween. Yeah, it's cabbage night. <laughs> cabbage <laughs> night. <laughs> that makes me so happy here. <laughs> Calm down, sir. It's going to be okay. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Tracy, for calling in. It's a pleasure talking you to you. You guys really are the best. Thank it. you so much for having me on. It was really nice of you to do this. We, uh, we're, I'm we're sure uh, it's nice to have a lady around for a night. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, it's not just Not that fun. I'm a lady. I'm not calling myself a lady. I meant <laughs> Brian. Just kidding. Hey! Oh, I'm in touch hey. with my feminine. <laughs> you know what? Oh, uh, oh, oh. Hey, I am what I eat. <laughs> Nice. Oh, wow, that's that kind of laugh. I got the laugh out of You just hung up on me right then. <laughs> wow, Brian, music off. I didn't think you had it in you. Give me a break. You can't put me in a corner. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to have that it in you? Beautiful. <laughs> thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for calling, and you broke the bro boat. You are you are a bro. Thanks. I feel honored to be a part of the show. Oh, it's it's a pleasure having you. It's pleasure. not just boys' fun. You know that. We have plenty of women in here from time to time when they. <laughs> Hey, John, I got, I got lots on deck. We have a better dynamic. Of Plenty of women in the, in the chat box. The whole chat box is That's filled right. with women. That's right. We have a better dynamic co-ed. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Tracy. Really appreciate it. Have a great night. Ken, thank you. If you can hear me, good job. Thanks, Kenneth. You what? still there? <laughs> yeah, she's still there. Sorry, he hasn't talked at all. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I swear there is somebody sitting across from me. I swear. <laughs> I, <laughs> I picture Ken in my... All right, my... have a good night, guys. Yeah, we're going to play care. all... We're going to play... A couple of your songs now. Yeah, so we're gonna play uh, three of them. Yeah, three. So That's right. wow, we're play a do- I feel so honored. We're going to do it chronologically, right? Yes, Dahlia Seed, um, a ring finger, and right. then positive no. Cool. So we'll- which Dahlia Seed song did you pick? The song is You're going to have to Tease. tune in to find out. <laughs> Tease. Damn it. I Tease. have to keep listening? No. Yeah, yeah. We like- <laughs> Tease is I like off that record. That's her first record. Tease, I like Tease a lot. 
Brian Music Off. That's about El Bobo from Revolver Distribution. You don't have to tell me. (laughs) I don't know if you know Bob or not. Maybe you do. Everybody seems. Anybody who's been in bands forever who has worked with Revolver knows Bob. I Brian Musikoff knows everyone somehow. It's really weird. But the, it's weird, right? You're yeah. one of those guys. Well, it, it freaks me out. To be honest, uh, I'm fine with that. But it's a skill. Tracy, before we get off the air, I want to wish you a happy birthday. I know it's next month, but you should, is it true you share a birthday with Mike Studo? It's true. Ah, I love it. All right. All right. We don't I know who that is. World, right? <laughs> no, no, we do. No, no, you do. You do. You do. That's, we totally that's, do. That's Mike Studo. No, it's no. November seventeenth. And, and we'll, you'll get a card there. But John, that's Mike from the uh, currently the High Fly Bar and formerly the Brownies. Oh, you certainly right. know Mike. All right. Try to try to end it on a high note, and you've ruined it. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Ken. And uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back with the Mets. Thanks so much, Tracy. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Hi, guys. Uh, later. There she goes. There's Tracy Wilson Excellent. of the band Dolly Seed. Of course, uh, ring finger and positive. No great interview. Great woman. Lots of fun. Lots more fun to be had here on the Barrage. Stick around, everybody. We'll be back after this. Let's go, Mets.
baby. Juan Arribe with his first playoff at bat after smashing his chest. Juan is it, cuz? Juan is it. Dial 911. Because that's a fucking yeah. nice piece of egg. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Thank you. We're back live from the barrage. Yep. Let's go. Oh, wow. man. Oh, my God. That's a way to do it. Hey, no. Juan Arribe has won the World Series in 2005, <laughs> 2010, <laughs> and guess what? 2015. 2015. Yeah! <laughs> oh. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Very good. Oh, my God. Like and it's still one out. <laughs> and we have Curdy Kurt at bat. Two for three. Ryan, do you have a game for us, or could we just play baseball in the garage? I, actually, I'm thinking of making the game. I have something, but I think instead what I'm going to do is just uh, everybody has to take turns being the broadcaster for this game. <laughs> Ready, John, you're up first. Go. All right. That's an incredible bat by Aribe there. Uh, we got a Gratterson coming up next. That's all I got. Sorry. Okay. So first, first and third runners at the corners. Nobody out. It's Joe Buck speaking. <laughs> Tree Void had the greatest uh, Joe Buck impersonation ever. Let's see what happens here. He he does a. Uh, your your mic's on. Nope. 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 Testing. Oh, there you go. Hey, to- hi, hi, Tommy. Um, <laughs> Tree Void did a vine with the. It was the shot heard around the world. Bobby Thompson hits the home run. The giant, you know, the Giants win the pennant. Right. The Giants win the pennant. Most one of the most famous baseball calls of all time. And uh, Trevoy did his Joe Buck impersonation. He's like, well, there's Bobby Thompson. That's a home run. <laughs> and the Giants have with, won the game. Ralph Franker goes yeah, into right. the windup. <laughs> they are the champions. <laughs> I knew your rebate would come back. We, we missed you, man. We needed that. Damn. We needed that. Mets up 6 3. Yeah, but here comes Bottom Grandison. of the six. And the Grandy Smash. Man. He's been uh, hot all season. Up, up. Go through. Oh, he doesn't know where to go. Which face to go? Save, everybody save. Wow. I can't believe you pulled out a base is loaded. That was a terrible uh, fielding mistake. Yeah. By yes, the it Kansas was. City pitcher right there. That's hey, we'll awesome. we don't often see these fielding mistakes by Kansas City. <laughs> Their gloves are impenetrable. Base is loaded with one out. I don't know what the hell just happened. This guy had a brain fart. <laughs> I just like to third, second. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck was that? He 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 tried to throw to every base. I'd just like to remind the audience that we are disseminating baseball with implied oral consent right. and not expressed written consent. I don't know what you're talking about. We're watching the wrestling match. We're just excited. <laughs> I'm not into baseball. Hillbilly Jim off the top rope. <laughs> oh, oh the Iron Sheik slides at home. Superfly Snooker, not looking good. Didn't Superfly Snooker like kill his wife or no, something? No, I read the story last night. He What's the story, in Pete? His, you know, his, you know, his book. And what he wrote in his book about that whole incident was different than what he told the police. Right. Ah. And, then they, so they and then the police came and locked him up. They didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't line up, and then they locked him up. <laughs> wow. What happened? So he supposedly, like in the 80s or something maybe, killed his girlfriend or something like that. Intentionally? Right? Or like manslaughter? Right? Or? Yeah, something. And then you know his alibi or whatever. Well, you know. Nobody kills their girlfriend yeah. by accident. Yes, intentionally. She was dead before I hit her. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a chair. <laughs> the top rope. <laughs> I'm just here for the comments on the chat box saying, I think they should hit a grand slam next. Well, that's you are Well, you would be correct. Make all of us. You're said, hired. Who said that, John? Um, I'm just here for the comments is the guy's name. Okay. Thank you. That's Peter Moses. Comedian oh. Peter oh, Moses. We've had him Pomo. on the show. Yeah. Pomo. Very exciting times. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you have a game for us? <laughs> yeah. I do. Let's move on with the game. Yeah, let's get it, let's do you get not want to play? You just want to do the news and get let's out of here? Let's just finish it up before the commercial ends. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Right. Game. Right. Ryan game. So really quick, we played this game before. It's called By the Numbers, where you have to guess the right number. But 
I'm so you don't bad. actually have to get it exactly Peter, right. So you just have to be the closest. Right. So if, if you I hit it on the head, you automatically win. You, you get the un- and you automatically go first in the next round. Brad Weisenberger, by the way, posting on the chat book, trees call of the shot heard around the world. It's really good. Wait, Ryan, I'm totally lost. One more time. Okay, so uh, let me just give you the example. If I asked uh, how many states there are in the United States, if John said 48, if Peter said 12, if uh, Brian said two and you said five, 48 would be I the closest. Okay. And We're good. Hey, whoa, if what's he the said, real answer? If he said, <laughs> if, he, if he said 50, then he would have got it right immediately. And, and, and then he wins that round. He get, and yeah. then he gets to go first in the next round. It, 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 right? okay. it, wait, it is 52, right? Yeah. yeah. Alaska <laughs> yeah. and Hawaii. Yeah. Just, okay. just, well, I can really guess myself. Like, you're kidding, right? Yeah, right? No, 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 no. I got I got it right. No, you're kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I got it right. Nope. I second guess myself. There's 50, 50 states 50 in states. the United States. I thought there were 52 now. No, no, no. And by the way, uh, oh my God. Puerto Rico. And well, no, Guam. And, and by the way, no price is right rules. No price is right rules? Right. You can go over. But your song is your closest. Oh my God! One state. Where's my big boy book? Wait, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm the stupid. Right on the back of this Dave Grohl photo. <laughs> I have your big boy book right here, my friend. All right. Thank you. So, Thanks everybody uh, for listening. Live from the garage, radio up. Start with the host of the show. Time and temperature on the ones. <laughs> John, John, as and everybody gets a chance to answer every question. Oh, right. Right. Okay, John. As of five o'clock this afternoon. What was the most expensive ticket for tonight's World Series game? Wait, wait a minute. Aftermarket or from Time game out? Let him finish the question. No, at 5 p.m., what was the most expensive ticket posted on StubHub for tonight's World on Series StubHub. game? StubHub. Okay, I will say, uh, let me go with, man, uh, you're including the joke, the jo- like the, the gag tickets. Oh, at 6 p.m., that no, guy definitely changed his price from $1 million to a regular <laughs> price. You know? yeah. Section right. 538. Give, give right. us a number. Expe- uh, yes! Scores. And that brings in a run. Oh, save. 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 back. Easy. Watch it. Okay, 8 to 3 Mets. Okay, wow. So the most expensive yes. ticket on StubHub as of 6 p.m. Right, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Um, for today's game uh, is $3,750. $3,750. Tommy. I'm going to go with $12,900. $12,900, Tommy. Peter. $8,500. $8,500. Brian. Brian. I'm gonna uh, highball say uh, five, five grand. I think that's the lowest amount. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay, get you being ironic. One dollar, Bob. Uh, One dollar, Bob. Tommy, you get it. The uh, value was eleven thousand nine hundred thirty-one dollars and forty-one. What do you get to sit on Chris Rock's lap while he gives you a hand job? What the fuck ticket is that? And wait a minute, and, this they, s- and they still don't let you into the Caesars Club. And <laughs> for a bonus point, can I guess the seller as Mario Asara? That scored two runs, by the way. Yeah, what, what, what did Mario get? Two runs. <laughs> two runs. All right, Tommy, you got that one. Tommy, as of 5 p.m. this evening, what was the cheapest ticket available Ooh. on StubHub for tonight's game? We, yeah, we discussed this before. As of 5 p.m. <sighs> it's tough because you figure 5 p.m. The guy hasn't sold his uh, ticket well, yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a low ball of 300, high ball of 550, yeah. 600. Well, pick one number. Uh, I'm going to say $450. 450 All right, Brian? Uh, was in their standing room. What was it? Somewhere near two hundred. Let me say two hundred for standing room. Yeah, right. Two hundred dollars. Dude, John would have bought that. <laughs> okay. I would have been there. Been I would have now. Been show yeah. schmo. <laughs> Brian no. says two hundred. Tommy says four fifty. Four fifty. Six sixty. 
Bradley Weisberg in the chat box just saying go for $1 six, million, six, dollars, yeah, Jill well, saying yeah. $35, $666. Amanda six, saying $3,790, 350 <laughs> What do you say there, John? I say uh, today's ticket at 6 p.m., the cheapest ticket was $565. Standing room only. Standing room only. Good guess. Tommy, you get it right. Oh. It was $799. Oh, come on. No, no, no. John well, gets it right. No, John- you got it right. No price is right rules. No, price is right rules imply. Oh, wait, uh, no, John said 565 It was 700 oh, you said $450. John, yeah. John, ah, John, John yes. you get this one. John, okay. That's right. I should have known that, actually, because the t- the tickets for tonight rose, and the tickets for Saturday went Drop. down. Right. And now the tickets for Saturday, after we win this game, going to go right back up. Right Maybe back I should check StubHub right now. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not buying no StubHub ticket. All right, John, you go hey, first. Wait, he's going on StubHub. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you, it's, oh, it's as a five o'clock. I mean, the game's right. over. No, I'm okay. trying to buy tickets for John right now. <laughs> okay. So, uh, John, uh, what is the total capacity of City Field? Ooh, the total capacity of City Field is less than Shea Stadium because they 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 tried to they moved a lot of seats in order to uh, put more rich people in the uh, other seats. Oh man, that's tough. Look at this. Oh Jesus, why don't I know this? I don't know either. All right, let me guess. I'll take a guess and say. Give a ballpark. Ha <laughs> Get uh, it. Ballpark figure <laughs> of the ballpark capacity. Murphy. That pitch was moving. Um, it's less. It's less. There's like it's, twelve umpires on the outfield right it's, now. It's uh, twenty nine thousand eight hundred. Twenty nine thousand. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Tommy, what do you say? I'm gonna say forty five thousand. Forty-five thousand, Brian. Forty thousand. Forty thousand, Peter. Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-four thousand. Good guess. It's down to me and Brian. I know. The it. answer is forty-one thousand eight hundred. No way. And that's Brian. What is that? Including the staff, dude. You know that it's a forty, fifty thousand person stadium. No We're guessing twenty-nine thousand. I thought it was smaller. That's Fenway. <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> yes, sir. How many total toilets are there at City Field? <laughs> well, I should know this because well, I, I do smoke one cigarettes in every one of them. Every one of them so I do far. one and twos often. Let's see. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Standing up or sitting down? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, no, Stadium uh, shit. Wait, we got Cespedes is up. Uh, let's see. Faces loaded, Cespedes. <laughs> Speak, it's funny that he's up at the bat because somebody called in Francesca and was like, hey, how come Cespedes wasn't out there for the national anthem? What, does he hate America? And he was taking a dump. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Are you asking me how many men's rooms there are or how many no. toilets no, there are? Question question is, this isn't Europe. Total toilets. <laughs> are you talking about urinals? Or no urinals, or no bidets. Thrones only. It seems like there's only one because I'm waiting no, on line No troughs. Wait, hang on, hang on. You're talking about like boom booms, like sit-down toilets, yes. stalls? Right. Okay, let's see. I think I made myself clear, sir. <laughs> there's, there's, no, 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 you, you didn't. There's three on each. Uh, it's a... It's Peter. A, three, no, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Um, Brian, uh, forfeits this round? No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> 15, 20, um, I'd say there's uh, about 100. 100, okay. Peter. 250. 250. Mm. John. Are we including like the offices and the um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, valid. If, if it's a, if it's valid a toilet point. and it's in, in city the building, field, okay. it counts. Oh, okay. oh right. then I don't uh, my number. 119. 119, Tommy. Excluding urinals. Excluding oh, urinals. Yeah. Scream into my ass. What do I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with 200 even. Two hundred even. Okay, who said two fifty? I did. You are the closest. Enjoy Ooh. that free pass. Wow. Wow. Like a lot of boom boom. Six hundred and forty-six. Wow. wow, we're idiots. Yeah, you lowballed that one. Because you stole it. That's yeah. another run, baby. Yeah. Another run. Go cross yeah. that base, yeah. baby. Yes, yeah. Wave him in, Timmy. Where's Mario? There's Mario. No. 
There he is on TV right now. Right. By the way, uh, quick, quick update to the previous round. The tickets for tomorrow night, the lowest ticket is now $705. Right, yeah. Girl, after I mean, that play, fuck yeah. These guys sit there and watch the game and snipe as it goes on. It's unbelievable. Scumbag nice. animals. I got all snipe. caught up in the excitement. Who, who got the last point? I did. Pete. Nice. Thank Everybody's you. got one point right now. You're the best. All right, let's get away from baseball for a second. Never. Oh, but it was all so right. thematic. Pete. Pete. Yes. Uh, how many U.S. presidents were born in the great state of Virginia? Jesus. Eight. You got it right away. Wow. Oh, nice job. Take it easy. <laughs> a lot in the beginning. It's probably like, I bet you the first ten presidents is like five of them. Yeah, because Virginia was like the only state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we only have one state, everyone. So. Second one was born in uh, Massachusetts. I'll have you know. Commonwealth. Please enjoy your one state. Elect me. All right, the one again. guy from the one state. <laughs> This is George Washington speaking. Washington. <laughs> Your leader. <laughs> Correct Tron, bro. Thank you. What is the total number of people, Peter, mm-hmm. who have been to the Mariana Trench? Mariana Rivera Trench. Bottom of the ocean, deepest. Four. Four people. No, wait a minute. On top of or down to? Who have been there? Been to the <laughs> bottom and. Yeah. You, you free dive down there? Yeah, we got four. Let me, let me change that. Again. Four. Okay. John. Yeah, four. Uh, one. One? Tommy. One dollar, Bob. I'm going to undercut your dollar and say big fat zero. <laughs> one insane person Zero's a good guess. who held their breath for a long time and doesn't isn't affected by crushing pressure. Brian? Brian? I am such a dimwit. I'm watching the game. I don't even know what the fuck. It's a, ma- a marinara sauce. We How many it. people have been to the bottom of the, Mari- uh, the Marina Mariano R- Rivera's Trench? Oh. I don't even know what that is. The deepest. Part it's of a the puddle. Ocean. It's a big puddle. Deepest the, part of the ocean. Oh, uh, uh, four. That's what I said. Four. Okay. You can double up. You guys can head right. your best. Well, you guys get <laughs> to split a point. Oh, is it three? The correct answer is three. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> hey, John, if I need, can I interrupt for a second? Now, were they? Do you know if they were like in a machinery, like a, submer- a submersible, or? I would, think, I would hope so. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would be crushed by the tremendous pressure. I would think you're a human yeah, body. Yeah, halfway right. down. No, yeah. no fun, right? Uh, all sorts of like. And weird. coming up, forget it. Right. The, the Leviathan. <laughs> you get the bends. The bends. <laughs> you get the bends. <laughs> the abyss. You get caisson's disease. <laughs> right. You get like. You, you start a, shitting through your eyes or something. <laughs> Find Julia, Lu- what's her name? Uh, Ma- Masterson. What's her name? Julia Louis Dreyfus. No one knows what no. you're talking about. <laughs> Let's move on with the game. Yeah. Master right. uh, You Master guys Strong. both tied on that last one, but Pete, you go first because right. uh, you got the lead. Uh, how many? What is the total number of people who have been to space? <laughs> Including wow. Brian Musikoff when he did acid that one time? <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed- Let me add one more to this. Yes. 108. 108 people, okay? Man, this John. is tough. How many people have been to space? Not enough, in my opinion. I think not we should send them all out, up there. <laughs> you know, it's a Alice. tough question. It's not, <laughs> not including monkeys. Now, Ryan, it's not how many Americans. It's how many Peep. people. People. Okay, that's that's a lot. Wait, is it my is it my turn? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Why is Brian Musical constantly We're talking? We're not giving you a number. <laughs> I've been wondering all night. Yeah, me too. Uh, space. Um, Someone asked The final frontier, they say. <laughs> Let's go with uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, 267 people have been into space. <laughs> 267. That's right. Send Tommy, the rest of them. Tommy Rockstar. 88. 88 people. 
Brian Musikoff. Um, if you wouldn't mind, what's the highest and what's the lowest? Have we got? Yeah, yeah. Tell me that. Bob. <laughs> it's uh, the answers so far are 108, 267, and eighty-eight. Hmm. One gonna monkey, say, Bob. I'm going to say uh, <laughs> yeah. No, let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Spice. We're going to play Plinko next. So get Final ready. Final frontier. Ryan, I'd like to play say a one fifty. Put on some Star Trek music. I'm not your space monkey. Spice. You got my 150? These are my stories. It's crazy up there. It's nothing up there, but space. John, I think I'm starting to peak now. The moon is made of green cheese. All right, what's next? Who's next? What's happening? What's the answer? what's What's your answer, Brian? I said 150. 150. All right. Whoever said 267 is the closest. Yes. Which is John. Yeah. The correct answer is 534. Wow. That's a lot of people in space. That's a lot of people. I knew it was high because I figured the space station, too, they're always shuttling the. They're always swapping them out. Yeah. Back and forth from that. That disaster. And, and right, and, and also, the, it's the, not just NASA; it's it's any. It's those rich assholes who just want to fly up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Branson. It's easier to go to space <laughs> than to go to the World Series, <laughs> City Field. Exactly. Yeah. And technically, that guy who did the high the high drop from the Red Bull thing. Yeah, that's space. Tommy, look up on StubHub how much it is to go to space. Let me check. Hold on. Kayak that. Kayak. Trivago. Space. Trivago. Trivago into Mars. Dude, it's more expensive than Section 538. It's live. From the barrage in Spain. <laughs> Brian Musikoff just got a hard on when we play this music. Oh my god, yeah. I'm thinking of, of Uhura. He's got a poster of Gene Rodman. Any more, Brian? Uh, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I got plenty. All right, because it's 1040 and uh, I got the news. Yeah, let's go. What is 50. John, what is the percentage of people in the world who have Audi belly buttons? Oh, uh, what percentage? Uh, okay. Um, 36. 36%. 36% of Tommy. people have Audi belly buttons. 25. 25%. Brian. That was my answer, so I have to recalculate. I'm going to say greater than 25. I'm going to say 30 between the two. Before we continue, does anyone in this room have one? No. no. I do. I do. You have an Audi? Yep. Gross. Get out. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> let's, do some, cool looking. let's do some simple math. Four of us said no. <laughs> hey, hey, Ryan, you want a snoodle later? Yeah. You want me to show it to you? Snoodle. Well, I have an innie. We could do something. By the way, Colette Order. is asleep on the poker table. Colette. <laughs> Wake up. Oh, Glenn. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> so what were the answers so far? Wait, I got a... Uh, you said 30. I said 36. 36, 25. Brian? What did you say? What the hell did I say? I said Percentage. 30. 30. 30%? 33. 33. Whoever gave the lowest answer is correct. It's Ooh. 4%. Right. $1. Really? That. That's and, it? And what, That's it. what is an Audi? It's it's basically how your, your, your umbilical is cut. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's it's uh, instead of having a hole, you have a knob. No, I know what it is, but what creates it? It's how your umbilical. <laughs> well, it's also is the cut. way the body structure, <laughs> the way where your body pushes it out as you transform in your life. Who okay. knows? Well, yeah, is it genetic or is it a doctor thing? Mine doesn't protrude out though, but I mean, you, you can see the uh, you can see the knob there. That's because right. you're a cabbage patch kid. Some people just have like nothing. It's just like flat. Hey, Colette, right. you want to talk about cabbage patch kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, John! John, not touching that one. Yep, nope. I can't. I can't. Next uh, Tommy, I shan't. Tommy, you uh, here's your question: uh, What was the number of bicycles that 
Misha Lolito ate in his lifetime. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Misha Lolito <laughs> used to eat ridiculous things like television. We didn't tell you Ryan took a tab of acid before was, the show tonight. Who didn't? He was on a show called well, That's I Incredible. He Pete. would eat You're anything. He actually ate an entire Cessna airplane once. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is all true. Really? How many bicycles did he eat? Uh, Carmine Famiglietti ate an airplane last time he was in here. Big deal. Hey, and I'll tell you. <laughs> well, if the guy ate a fucking Cessna of uh, shit. Cessna, Cessna, Cessna piss. 15. 15, Tommy says. <laughs> Brian. Ryan, I'm tripping on Jameson. I don't understand the question. It's how many airplanes did someone... What? No, someone, some dude ate a lot of bicycles. How many did he eat? You mean you mean like a, like a, like circus. a, like yes. a circus sideshow eight? Yeah. Like, yes. like, like yes. shoes? <laughs> how many bicycles? Three. Three. We're going to kick you off the game. You're like fud at poker. <laughs> Pete. 23. My 23. John. Uh, his whole life, 78. 78. <laughs> he has eaten 18 in his Damn life. Damn it. What? Tommy, you're like, the closest on that one. Like, like the cranks. What was the winning number? 18. You, you said 15. Ryan, a fucking asshole, eats, eats 18 bikes. <laughs> Ryan, where, where, hey, I was riding that. Where does this come from? He... Like he breaks down like the sprocket, like it's everything. The big yeah, wheels. he he no. he just uh, chops everything. He ate everything. He ate the rubber. He he ate. It and he all. died at what he age? The fucking brakes. <laughs> he died that day. <laughs> You're right. Wow. Uh, here's your problem. You have 18 bicycles in your stomach. You moron. Yeah. You're dead. All right. So the score right now is Tommy uh, has three, John has two. Thank you. Pete has two and a half, and Brian has one and a half. Mm. So what do you want to do? One more question. One more question. Yeah, let's do one more. All right. Got to move on. Total number of Rolling Stones studio albums. Ooh. Tommy. Ooh. 22. Okay. Brian. 18. Okay. Pete. 27. 27. John. 26. Oh, John, you should have went the other way. Oh. It's 29. Oh. Whoa. I was way under. Okay. Why don't you Pete. work a zoo and stop bothering? Wow, that's a lot of Pete, albums. that's enough to win. You just yeah. got to have a heavy plus host. There we go. All right. Pete, that's Pete. Put you over the top. Congratulations, you. sir. Right, Pete, you've won the Ryan game. Again. Didn't you win last time you no, were No, we, we didn't do it last time. Oh, we didn't? No, we did some weird number thing with Mario. That's right. Yeah. Well, it is Mario. Yeah. Bring Addison Reed in only when no one's on base, and it's a one-two-three hitting. I think. Let's I, go, I, Mets. We just missed like a minute, like an inning and a half here. <laughs> All right. No what's, what's going on? Thank you, Ryan. Nice game. Thank you. Good yeah, game, Ryan. Good disappointed. game. Disappointed. I have. I haven't won in a while. It's really making it's me angry. And uh, here's Tommy Rockstar with the news. Tommy Rockstar's bullshit. Hey. It's not very nice. I like it. Non-breaking news, Tommy Rockstar. All right, Tommy, what's in the news? Well, I'm actually going to break uh, journalistic uh, standards here and actually go to the internet and read a, a live story that I just <laughs> caught on my Facebook feed. As opposed to your usual ethics. Cronkites. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story over here. <laughs> out of Chicago right. that our Chicago listeners probably know of and could appreciate. Uh, the Wiener Circle, uh, the famous hot dog joint known for its sassy staff, went all out for Halloween this year by completely transforming into McDowell's, the fictional restaurant from the 1988 film Coming to America. Uh, on Friday morning, the restaurant's general manager, Scott Broker, orchestrated the transformation of the restaurant at 2622 North Clark Street by replacing the signs, outfitting his staff in red and yellow checkered McDowell's uniforms, and even putting up fictitious menus 
and an employee of the month flyer depicted ah, by Lou Anderson. This is the place where you would walk in and get a hot dog and everyone would scream and yell at you and insult you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was hot dogs. No, hot dogs, they didn't insult you. You just have to wait. Right? Uh, broker said you just have to wait. <laughs> they insulted you by waiting. waiting two hours. Hot dogs are so good. If you do not stop, I'll be forced to thrash you. <laughs> broker said the idea came from the new owners, a group of five local investors who bought the 33-year-old restaurant in September. <laughs> Uh, the new ownership was first reported by the Tribune. Uh, prior to the sale, the restaurant was owned by Larry Gold. Uh, the new owners are big fans of shock value. With McDonald's across the street, it was perfect. Do you know Larry Gold, Brian? Hey, no. What, what are you trying to say? Nothing. I'm what are you trying to say? I don't know. Customers were... Do I know every, know every successful entrepreneur? I might. <laughs> no, Customers. I, I'm not saying just because he's Jewish. You know him. I'm no, yeah, Titans you know, of industry. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, see? Well, it depends. Do you, do you know McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. He's good. Customers were both confused and intrigued passing by the restaurant on Friday with some snapping photos and wondering to find out what the hell was going on. Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, McDowell's is the restaurant where Eddie Murphy's character... Uh, yeah, we all know all this shit. Yeah, so anyway, that happened. <laughs> See, that's weird. I think it should be and in New York. Way, it's not McDonald's. It's Ray Kroc. You know? Mm. Ray Kroc, the yes. founder of McDonald's. So we're looking at this this new Peanuts... Uh, a trailer that's on the TV right now. What a crock of shit. Yeah, that's also a crock of shit, but it's not in the news. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, it's current events. I know it is. It's, um, it's a commercial. I was going to stick with more uh, spooky news tonight. This yeah, is, that's yeah. Why I would do it. This is a story out of uh, Bostrons, Massachusetts. Uh, a judge granted a protective order against a warlock this week, uh, spelling relief for the Salem <laughs> witch who accused them of harassment. <laughs> who calls a, oh, I'm a warlock. People in Boston. Spooky <laughs> news. It's a background Halloween YouTube music, please. <laughs> um, the two mystics squandered off in court, uh, I'm sorry, squared off in court before a Salem district judge who granted the protective order to uh, the witch priestess Lori Saforza. I grant the protective hot. order. <laughs> hey, do you know who the publicist uh, Howard Wolfling is by chance? No. He's an honest to goodness Wiccan, Wiccan uh, warlock. Oh, okay. There, maybe he's, <laughs> he's completely serious about it, too. So we don't knock his. Okay, fair enough. The, self, he's real. the self-described witch had accused self-proclaimed warlock, whose name was Christian Day, uh, of harassing her over the <laughs> phone on social media over the past three years. Christian Day. Dur during the testimony, at which at times became heated, the witch accused the warlock of making incessant phone calls at night and humiliating her on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is supposed to be creepy? <laughs> Day's lawyer uh, countered that the dispute stems from an online business partnership that fell south back in 2002. Uh, Day let Saforza perform psychic readings rent-free at one of his occult shops in Salem. Their relationship fell apart when Saforza revealed plans to start her own witchcraft shop. Uh, this is a business dispute gone wrong. Get your witchcraft right in. <laughs> Step right in. Does it float? Yeah. Look, they have to make these guys hold up cancer placards or whatever the hell's going on. They're yeah, losing the, the game nine to three. They're like, how am going to hold these things up? Aww. This sucks. Uh, this is a business gone uh, business dispute gone wrong, the warlock told reporters in Salem. This town is just not big enough for the both of us. Uh, during the hearing, Saforza, age 75, reportedly told the judge that she can see into her own future. 
The woman. Did she look at a cabbage? <laughs> <laughs> cabbage night. <laughs> cabbage! <laughs> the woman claims she is a psychic witch who descends from a long line of Italian witches and leads a. Oh! Maloik. Take it easy. All right. I put a spell on you. Fuck out of here. Pissarro, Coven. Leads a pagan search in Salem. Mr. Day, however, is described on his website as the quote. <laughs> the world's most <laughs> known warlock and organizes a festival of the dead in Salem. Uh, the pair made headlines in 2000. Festival of the dead. <laughs> organized witchcraft. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the pair made headlines in 2011 when they cast spells together to try to heal actor Charlie he- Sheen. Yeah! <laughs> well, you really like Charlie Sheen, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Great Who called himself the Great assassin pace. warlock. He saved something uh, tomorrow, guys. Yeah. During an interview. Exactly. Right. This story. The assassin warlock. <laughs> you remember that? Fucking dick. They're trying to save him. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. POS. The story is out of Michigan. A gruesome story coming out of Grand Haven, Michigan, has residents of the small town shocked and disturbed. Ah, oh, Brad Weisenberger knows Grand Haven, Michigan very well. Sure very does. well. He represents him. Um. <laughs> well, this is Miss Marjorie Reynolds, age ninety-one, uh, was, which is this, who's described as a quiet elderly woman who waved at strangers and neighbors as they walked by. Apparently, had a more sinister nature after nineteen missing neighborhood cats were found dead in her home. Uh oh. The woman Good. get rid of all these fucking cats. Stop it. Yesterday was cat day. You know what? Fuck everybody. Sick of this shit. The cat woman. day. Every day's cat day on Facebook. You stupid fucking cat that stares at the camera doing nothing. Tommy, what did this what, what did Madge do? The woman reportedly skinned done. and cured the felines, with some of them turning oh, into purses. Come on. Uh, Reynolds explained cured them. What? Like to eat later for the meat? Yes. Uh, it, Reynolds oh. explained to authorities in her recorded confession that she had taken up a hobby of arts and crafts. Reynolds said that neighborhood cats would come to her all the time and she would feed them. But it was when one of the neighbor's cats died that she brought it to the house and decided not to have it go to waste. Quote, she said the first handbag turned out so beautiful that she kind of got hooked on it, said She's Detective like Williams. like Buffalo Bill of cat. <laughs> she is still denying that she killed any Put of the, the cats. Put the lotion in the basket. She's a great big fat woman. <laughs> but great, she great just claimed cat. that they have all mysteriously died, but we're having trouble believing her as 19 cats is a whole lot of dead cats, said the police. Uh, Reynolds reportedly has a history of dementia. <laughs> the sheriff who shows up in the horror movie. That's a whole lot of dead cat. <laughs> Reynolds has a, a reportedly a, a history of uh, dementia uh, with family members saying that her mental issues defined a uh, I just a found 10 hours of the Meow Mix song on YouTube. <laughs> 10 hours. Please play it. And it's accompanied by cats dancing in a disco. It's crazy. They're, scra- they're DJing. <laughs> John, have you ever seen the meow mix? It's a real. I have to. Ah, oh, I should have found it for Halloween, where a cat can only meow backwards. No, and he gets oh. fucked up. It's from the oh, late seventies. Really? Uh, uh, go to second uh, base. It, go, it goes like <laughs> eow. It goes <laughs> really. Yes, it's like brown and it's like something's wow. fucked up. That's I'll find great. it for you and I'll send it to everybody. Speaking of which, <laughs> thank you. Get on there. I don't have enough cats. <laughs> I know you could read my thoughts, boy. <laughs> do, you under, do you hear me harmonizing? Excellent. Good, Excellent. Good job. Excellent. When's Excellent. your band playing next? Yes. What's next? Uh, this story This story is out of Arizona. Hol- Frank just ran up to me and tried to show me something on his phone, and it was just his own Facebook page, and then he ran away. Halloween tricks came early for some drivers and pedestrians in the Phoenix area when a giant inflatable pumpkin bounced down the street uh, into roadways in high winds, terrorizing local residents. 
A 25-foot-tall pumpkin escaped from its display promoting the Peoria Monster Bash on Thursday, sailing down the street, causing thousands of dollars in damage and one monstrous mayhem. Um, pumpkin owner Patty Sparks of Big AZ Promotions tells TRNN that it took him over 40 minutes to track down the giant squash after trying to run after it. <laughs> wow. Hey, Tommy, on a related note... Is this it? So he could never ask for oh my God, he found it! The cat food with his three can favorite flavors: can we start again? tuna, liver, and chicken in separate bite-sized morsels. The cat food other cats get by sure simply going it for it. But then he got an idea. <laughs> now, even though he couldn't <laughs> cat's meow, a tape he could still ask for meow mix cat food by name. That's Steve Albini. Right? As a cat. He's yeah. <laughs> all analog, that cat. You see, Tommy, I'm not crazy. <laughs> You're right. Oh, while we're talking about, and I'm not trying to interrupt your news, uh, did you hear, but I am. He put it through <laughs> the low-pass filter. Did you, right, did you hear about the uh, the military blimp that got away and yes, had to be struck yes. down by f 16s I heard about what? that. I was going to put that in the news, but I, I was trying not to scoot. We have spooky. blimps. Fucking yeah. cool. Well, yeah. What year is it? Air Force blimp. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it escaped away and uh, they had to shoot it down like a buffalo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the escape pumpkin's my favorite, though. That's good stuff. And this is the final story coming out of Ukraine. It's the new cover <laughs> for Led Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> with the excitement looming over the new Star Wars sequels being released later this year, there's some peculiar news out of Europe relating to the film's legacy. Apparently, a man running for city council uh, for a city council seat in the Ukraine, Paul Graziano, <laughs> is running under the name. <laughs> you remember that, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> try the veal. <laughs> a man running for city council seat in the Ukraine is running under the name Emperor Palpatine, the famed villain from the Star Wars film. He has won the election with more than fifty percent of the vote. Alexander Borokovich age 25, used the Sith Lord's name and costume uh, and in his campaign for the Odessa City Council was one of the nearly 50 different candidates in the election to use names from the Star Wars films. The town of Odessa... Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> the town of Odessa has recently seen a surge in Star Wars-related news after the statue of Le <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Vladimir <laughs> Lenin was recently transformed into a statue of Darth Vader. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, in Russia, they took the Lenin statue and dressed him up like Darth Vader, and now everyone who was involved in it is mysteriously missing. As well as a man in a Chewbacca costume who was arrested... Yeah, they arrested Chewbacca in the Ukraine. <laughs> ...for campaign for Darth Vader. Um, and that, my friends, is the news. Yay! Yeah, it's Star Wars news. It's Halloween. It's Mets 9 to 3. It's live in the barrage. It's Radio yeah. Dope. It's everything, baby. It's so, everything. Uh, hey, Tommy, on the Nerdosphere, in, in nerd news this week... There's a whole bunch of bullshit going on about Luke while this music oh, is playing. Oh, yeah. Actually, while Luke being a Sith. It's which, a pretty compelling which, argument. No, it is. I don't think it is. I don't believe it, but I, th I thought it was, sense. well, yeah, it makes well, sense. Here's the argument uh, as made by Huffington Post. Um, <laughs> Huffington Tron. Right. Correct Tron. Right, correct Tron. They say that uh, towards the end of the jet, the movie Return of the Jedi, he possibly went to the dark side to save his friends right. and to, you know, win. I think at the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, Mark Hamill went to the buffet table. Right. <laughs> here's why, Tom, here's why that's false. If he would have gone to the dark side, don't you think the ghosts of Obi-Wan and Yoda would have come out and fucking screamed holy hell at him? Yeah, that's well, the whole thing was Yoda told him he's not ready, and he went to save oh, his well, friends of course, anyway. Of course. But, and listen, how come he's not in the poster? 
How about that? Well, I think well, it's because he's not in the he trailer. He buffet bar. Craft services. He's like, I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to get on my motorcycle. I'll see you guys later. This is free. They smashed yeah. his face. Here's a fun fact I'm sure you guys all know, but just in case. Did you guys know that in the beginning scene of Empire Strikes Back, it had to be rewritten with him being like mangled by the big snow monster because he was in a motorcycle right. accident? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yep. what I was Come referring out. to. Yeah, yep. okay. All right. Yep. Here's my favorite <laughs> Star Wars theme music. Ready? <laughs> Non-breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars! <laughs> this is Star Wars, right? And who could ever forget that crazy Star Wars band? Well, actually, John, I bet this is John Williams who wrote the music. It, it? certainly sounds like his style. Correct. I John. think he wrote over Is he every, dead? What, he did yep. the, the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, it was the best, the best. We should get John Williams on the show. He'd be great. <laughs> did you know Danny Elfman? I found this out last night. I, I finally saw Avengers 2. Danny Elfman did that. Oh, he did. I didn't yeah. know. Did what? Avengers 2? Yeah, well, he did. Uh, he yeah. did the Simpsons theme. He did all the tales from the crypt. He Pee-wee. did the, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. First of all, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is his peace day resistance, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Without that Danny Elfman well, music, I'm trying to think how it Pee-wee's goes. Big Adventure. It kind of stinks. That was written for that show for the movie specifically for like a pre-existing classical piece. He asked them to score it. Yes. Oh. That movie was fucking that was great. great. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming out with a new one, aren't they? Twisted, yeah. Twisted Sister, isn't it? They're, they're, but that's <laughs> <in the> <laughs> See no evil, don't you play no evil. And the kid from The Wonder Years. He's on the catalog. Right, Fr- Fred Schneider. Hey, Tommy, another nerd news. Apparently, Neil Blomkamp's alien got the kibosh. No. Oh, I don't know what that means. Brian's <laughs> <laughs> just looking at me with a blank face. audience. <laughs> That's, that's all I have to say. I've never that. seen the Alien Blanc movie. Blancops Alien. What? Yeah. What? I've seen it in yeah. pieces. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. <gasps> oh, the both of you. Dude, I've never seen the, I've never seen <laughs> the, the Godfather. I've never seen what? the Godfather. I've never seen Easy Rider. This music oh, is no, so you're, perfect. Now you're, just, now you're just messing with me. No, I'm not. It's like... It's you, Francis. You know, yeah. you know, it's Enrico Palazzo. You know like weird shit's going to happen. You're not sure what it is. And then this happens. You're like, yeah. Now the acid's kicking in. Hey, Pee-wee. I want to buy your bicycle. Sell me a bicycle, Pee-wee. It's the weirdest shit ever. Bucks I love it. ton. Tim Bertrand. What the hell is his name again? <laughs> the, the 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 rich kid, Francis. 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 Pope Francis. <laughs> you like some gum? All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Live from the Brush. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Brian. Hey, Tom, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy Wilson. Thank you, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Let's, go let's not blow this What's fucking up, game. Damn it. Yeah. If we blow the game, I'm coming back on the air. And Conan thank can't you, Ron Scheller, fat guy. <laughs> am I supposed to turn the show off on my own tonight? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, you are. I am? Yeah. You what sure? Is, yeah. In golden time? Why do you say that? Because I didn't learn how to do it yet. No, but I mean, it's... It's Conan, on us. It's on us now. Conan, call him. We it's need on to speak with you. What's on next? Like 12 Fugazi records? <laughs> 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 Truth, Truth is, the show's probably turned off. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to turn it off and see what happens. And uh, hopefully there's not too much dead air. Thank All you, right. everyone. Thank we'll you. see you next week. What's, up? What's going on next week? We're going uh Is there another round of the <laughs> oh, World no, Series? we're going to be here. Oh. We'll be here. Oh, I'd also like to plug Mr. Brownstone tomorrow night at Babies All Right at 11.59 p.m. Yeah. Go see Tommy and Mr. Brownstone tomorrow night at Babies All Right. If you like Guns N' Roses and that sort of thing. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, right? Yeah, we'll have a guest. We will? Yeah, it's a secret surprise. Secret surprise guests later. Thank you, everybody. Let's go, Mets. Oh, shit. Thank you. Let's go. Ah. (laughs) There's more Pee Wee music playing.
Familiar sets. Holds the set. Now the 0-2 pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. Put it in the books. The New York Mets have won the 2015 National League Eastern Division Championship. And the Mets pile out of the dugout and come out of the bullpen and begin the celebration up the first baseline to the right of the mound. They're mobbing each other. It's not a wildly exuberant scene. They'll save that for the clubhouse. Certainly it became inevitable a couple of weeks ago. And right now, just a lot of hugs and back slaps being exchanged back behind the mound. The pitchers of the bullpen are on their way in as the New York Mets, who were not expected to win the division title, have done it. You could hear the nervous murmur from the crowd and hear the heartbeats of Mets fans 3,000 miles away. The 0-2 pitch, swung on and missed strike three, put it in the box. The New York Mets are going to the National League Championship Series. Here's the payoff pitch from Familia to Fowler on the way. And it's in there, strike three called. The Mets win the pennant. The New York Mets have won the National League pennant. Put it in the books. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. And they are mobbing each other out behind the pitcher's mound. They have completed a four-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs in the National League Championship Series. They win game four, eight to three. And now the disappointed crowd here at Wrigley Field begin to salute their Cubs, whose long streak, 70 years without a pennant, and back to 1908 without a World Series will continue. But all of the focus now on the New York Mets. They're headed to the World Series against either Toronto or Kansas City. We won't know until at least Friday. And right now, Josh, I guarantee you, the New York Mets don't care. Put it in the box. I am on Facebook. Yo, Kev. <laughs> See you at Catch Club. Because the light was on.